listening, Peter. You did good. But this does not mean you're an Avenger. He's starting to treat me like a kid. But you are a kid. Don't mess with me, because I will kill you and everybody you love. I have to catch this guy, and nothing's going to stop me. Parker, my office. So, you got detention. How are you going to make things right? Spider-Man Homecoming. Episode 193. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, paint it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yeah, here we are. It is, uh, it's, uh, our, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming episode. Woo, thwip. Thwip it. Uh, yeah, and we are joined <laughs> by special guest, Ryan Mears of the Comic Slobs. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, thwip along with you, uh, at the Spider-Man Homecoming episode. <laughs> that was very <laughs> that, funny. That pun made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thwip it good oh man Gosh. a little better yeah eh, not really um at least, at least at least i knew what you were referencing no i i <laughs> no i think we're just continuing on the same like bad tracks okay guys do you think the porno version of this movie is called spider-man bone coming I mean, it should be. It should be. They always do. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy had, like, their porno version. So I'm guessing that Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be Bonecoming. What's the uh, hero called in the porn version? What? Like like Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. He can't, because he can't be called Spider-Man. He's like Spooger Man, or what, what's he called? I, uh, <laughs> I think, I, uh, yeah, he can't, I guess he can't be called Spider-Man. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be close. I don't oh, know. We'll come oh, back wait. to that. Spy her man, and it's like a voyeur type Ooh. fucking yeah. Spy her man, and it's like this woman, <laughs> and she she's a voyeur. Starts to write itself. I like this. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Holy yeah. shit! Somebody writing this down. It doesn't really sound like a Spider-Man parody at that point, though. Well, well, Jake, you had to fucking know. You had to know right off the goddamn cuff. You didn't give me enough time to think about it. It already took <laughs> poking holes in it. I know. Jeez. Yeah, I already. It took me a fucking week to get uh, bone coming, and now <laughs> right, right off the cuff, you're wanting to know. Oh, what's, who's the who's the lead? Who's the hero? Jeez, can we just get to the sex scenes? Oh yeah, no. These kids are <laughs> these kids are in high school. Stop it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not trying to watch that porn. What, trying to, what kind of porn are you trying to give me? 
not, not anything to get you sent to jail. Yes. Jeez. Jeez. All right. Yeah, we're like not even five minutes in already talking about uh, pedophilia. Welcome to Spider-Man Homecoming episode, people. Yeah, jeez, I got to clean my computer now. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so guys, it's uh, it's uh, Ryan. It's great to have you back uh, talking about bone coming and all this other shit. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, man, it's definitely taking a turn that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, now your thwip joke doesn't seem so bad. I mean, if yeah. we can only go back. I know. Why can't we go back to your innocent fucking thwip joke? <laughs> like Ryan Mears comes and he's like, he's all like laffy taffy joke guy. And then we're talking about fucking, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> porno and all this other shit. All right, moving on. This is, uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming for this guy's back in February of 2015. That's when, uh, Sony and Marvel struck the big deal of six films three of those films are going to be sony and then three of them marvel so it's been a long time coming we've been waiting for this for a long time it's kind of crazy that it's finally here it actually felt really quick to me to be honest the whole spider-man marvel sony deal like i mean the turnaround time just felt really quick to me yeah you could say that now but it felt like it felt like an eternity once it was announced for me at least with the Civil War really helped as like a speed bump to this, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was only two years, and then you had a movie right in the middle of the two years, a little cameo taste of this character. So for, you know, just two years, we we've it's been fulfilled. We got our movie now. Yeah, I'm used to announcements, and then it takes three plus years before we get anything. Like even when the Disney-Star Wars merger happened, it was... Three. It took a lot longer than this. Yeah. It took three. It was announced in October of 2012, and we got it in 2015 in December. So, yeah, I suppose you're right. It's just, uh, you know, I've been anticipating uh, this movie because I've uh, been looking forward to seeing this character in the MCU with all the characters that he should be involved with. And um, so anyway, anyway, let's talk about this movie here. Uh, here's an interesting fact. Every live spider, live, live action Spider-Man movie released after 2010 so far debuted 10 years after all three Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire movies. The Amazing Spider-Man 2012 was released 10 years after Spider-Man 2002. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 2014 after Spider-Man 2 in 2004 and Spider-Man Homecoming. 2017 after Spider-Man 3 2007. Wow, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that seems like a silly uh, thing to hold yourself to. All three, all three <laughs> reboots are connected by a yeah. decade. This is yeah, fucked that's... up. And it's only been, guys, it's only been 15 years of Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought the turnaround time from Spider-Man 3 to Amazing Spider-Man 1 was, was crazy. Yeah, that really puts all of this into perspective, this tangled web of Spider-Man movies. Well, I mean, think about it this way. Uh, you know, we – yeah, these are full-fledged Spider-Man movies. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, you know, Batman, you know, from the Nolan films, that ending in 2012, and then we get Batman again in, you know, last year in 2016, and that was a four-year turnaround. But that wasn't a full-fledged Batman film either. That was kind of like a team-up film. So Right. And none yeah. of those connected to the uh, you know the movies from 10 years prior. Yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> uh, we're bound to get a lot more of that too with upcoming Spider-Man appearances and future Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, uh, 
probably the next two are going to be the next uh, the Avengers three and Avengers four. Yeah, I would imagine. So synopsis for Spider-Man Homecoming several months after the events of Captain America Civil War. Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor, Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in Queens, New York City, while fighting crime as his superhero alter ego, Spider-Man, as a new threat, the vulture emerges. So there are going to be spoilers literally from here on out. So I'm going to go ahead and play the spoiler warning for everybody. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. All right, Spider-Man Homecoming is directed by John Watts, who did uh, Cop Car with Kevin Bacon before this film. So, relatively new director. It's written by Jonathan Goldstein, who wrote Horrible Bosses and Vacation. So, I guess he's one out of two there, if you ask me. Uh, hmm. And then also John Francis Daly. He was the child actor from Freaks and Geeks and went on to do some more television and has recently been doing movies and TV. Um, also, according to the Marvel Sony deal, Kevin Feige will not be compensated at all as an executive producer on this film. Oh, what a nice guy. So, yeah, he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's basically making purely out of the kindness of his own heart. right? Sure. It's not benefiting MCU at all, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, he's uh, the good Samaritan. Kevin Feige is what we call him around here. Uh, exactly. No, what do you got to say there, Chief? I was just saying, no extra money will be made because of this. No, no. So. No, this is for the fans. This is a fan film. <laughs> it stars uh, Tom Holland as Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, when the film was announced, listen to the list of actors here. This is fucking insane how many actors mm. were rumored for this. And uh, that ex- they, they were either rumored or they had expressed interest in taking over the role for uh, Andrew Garfield. Dylan O'Brien. Asa Butterfield, Nat Wolf, Liam James, Timothy Chalamet, Logan Lerman, and Daniel Radcliffe, Freddie Highmore, Alfred Enoch, Donald Glover, Josh Hutcherson, and Grant Gustin, The Flash. Crazy. Oh, man. How um, terrible would a Daniel Radcliffe Spider-Man movie been? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he has to give some kind of like spell, cast some spell before the whip, uh, before the web comes out. Uh, yeah, I just, oof. yeah. Web Spectro Patronum or whatever. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, uh, Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead, he, uh, he auditioned. He did not get the part. <laughs> so. Oh, another thank goodness. And then Norman Reedus' son, listen to his. <laughs> His son's name is his son's name is Mingus. Ming, <laughs> Mingus Reedus. Is it Mingus Khan? Is his middle name Khan? His middle name is Lucian. Mingus Lucian oh. Reedus. Oh, geez. That sounds like a Harry Potter character, right? Definitely. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Definitely. you know, the Slytherin house. <laughs> totally Slytherin. I think there's a Ming Mundungus Fletcher is the character I'm thinking of. Close to Mingus. Dungus? Mundungus. Oh, I thought you said Dungus. Like, that's a horrible last name. Yeah. uh, That kid, uh, Norman Reese's kid, was offered an audition. He turned it down. He turned it down? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I got time for that. I got time for that Spider-Man deal. (laughs) Yeah, Mingus got other shit to do. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Robert you know, that, when it's, is fifth grade that exciting? It's like, you know, Spider-Man's not really my speed. Uh, I'm sure he's older than fifth grade. True, true. I guess Tom Holland is too. They probably were, but oh. <laughs> I imagine Mingus had to have been younger. Maybe <laughs> Jake, why are you keep why are you keeping tabs on the ages of these boys? Well, I'm just I'm not keeping tabs. I'm just why would they offer? Why would they want to cast a, someone that young in the role Jeez. of Spider Man if they offered it to him? All right, listen to you. Look at checking out the Alter Boys, huh? He's I'm not casting. checking. Out, I'm not checking out anything. I'm just putting to question why they would ask someone in fifth grade to play Peter Parker. Whatever, Father Jake. All right, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> Key, I, you can write your fan fiction. Just don't send me the links. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. returns as Tony Stark, Iron Man. We got John Favreau back as Happy Hogan, Zendaya as Michelle, uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. Uh, Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes, the Vulture. Donald Glover as Aaron Davis, who in the comics is the Prowler and is uh, Miles Morales' uncle in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, oh, I definitely awesome. laid down some heavy hints at that. Uh, Jacob Batalon as Ned. And let's see here. Yeah, Ned Leeds. Uh, and what they, what they did here was they kind of took that – they kind of – Turn Ned Leeds into Genki. Is it Genki Lee? The from Miles Morales, the comics. I I know who you're referencing. Yeah, yeah. it's one. Of, he's, mm-hmm. It's a weird name, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely feels that a lot of this feels like Ultimate Comics again, and, yeah. and they had Bendis there to help you know guide them, but definitely uh, like the Genki character. Right, exactly. Uh, Laura Harrier as Liz. Doesn't that make you think that we won't get a Miles Morales with them using this kid as a as a Genki Lee type character? Yeah, they definitely aped so much of the material that it seems like it would be hard to do that at this point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's what I was thinking. Uh, we had Tony Revelorius Flash, uh, Kenneth Choi from uh, The Last Man on Earth. He was in seasons two and three, and he was Principal Marita. And he also played Jim Morita in Captain America, the first Avenger, as one of the Howling Commandos. That's awesome. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, when Peter gets sent to his office in this movie, he has a picture of Jim Morita, his grandfather, displayed in the office during the film. I thought that was kind of kind of a cool little Easter egg nod. Uh, we had Bakeem Woodbine from Fargo as the second shocker. Um, Jennifer Connelly, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly from um, The Incredible Hulk. Not, no, just Hulk. Excuse me. She was just in Hulk, <laughs> right? With the uh, Eric Bana. Yeah, and, that yeah. is correct. Yeah, that was Jennifer Connelly. She she voices the Spider-Man computer Karen, the AI, and uh, crazy. Her husband in real life, Paul Bettany, voices the uh, Iron Man suit computer Jarvis. So, and he's also yeah. the Vision now. So. That is no coincidence, right? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they, at this point, they just cast her because of that. Right? No, I, I think, like, w- once they realized it, they were just kind of like, whoa, just like us. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy uh, happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> How did this even happen? You just have you just have to get picked out of the 12 people. All right, all right. No, Jake. No, Jake. I'm, I'm buying it. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige was like, <laughs> I can hear no other woman's voice as this AI but Jennifer Connelly. Get me Jennifer Connelly. 
<laughs> and what do you know? Oh my! Whoa! Shut the fuck up! You're married to Paul. Oh, he's our. Did you? He's our vision. Oh man! In no way did we see you at the company Thanksgiving thing last year. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Jake, I think you're on to something. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, th- oh, I'm hitting my mute button. <laughs> uh, we had, uh, this was interesting. There were rumors that Brian Cranston and Matthew McConaughey, they both showed interest in playing a Marvel villain, particularly Norman Osborn or uh, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin is what I'm seeing here. So yeah, he, that's the juicy role, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm kind of glad that they didn't go with uh, Norman Osborn. Oh this, yeah, in this I film. Totally yes. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming has an estimated budget of 175 million dollars and a runtime of two hours and 13 minutes. Uh, and I also found out. I, I found it pretty interesting that this is the first Spider-Man film where the special effects for the character are not being produced by another company affiliated with Sony, the rights holder to Spider-Man, Industrial Light and Magic, which handles much of the special effects for the Marvel Cinematic Universe film series, produced the special effects in this film. So mm. That's interesting. So in the, previously, they would like farm them out? Yeah, it would, like other Sony, you know, special effects divisions, they're, you know... And this one, you know, traditionally, that's what the Marvel movies have been using is ILM. And so that's that's what they went. Sony Sony basically just held Kevin Feige's hand and said, just show us the way. (laughs) (laughs) Do it the way you guys do it, and uh, we'll see if it works. Exactly. Because what we've been doing is a colossal fuck up. (laughs) We don't know (laughs) what we're doing. At least the last two movies. No, I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, we're going to go ahead and rate this one. So uh, right now we're going to play our rating system if this is your first time listening. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, guys. I think, I, I think I'm going to do things a little bit differently in this episode. I usually like to rate things last. Um mm. You know what, Jake? I'm going to give you the choice. You're the biggest Spider-Man fan here, in my opinion. Um, Jake, would you like to go first, last, middle? Uh, I'd like to go last if I get choice. I love going last. All right. I'm going to go first then, if that's okay. Go for it. All right. Uh, Rate. uh, Toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Here we go. Um, I'm going to start off by saying that I absolutely loved the look of the suit again in this film. I thought the suit looked incredible. It's the same suit that he had in Civil War, and I thought it looked incredible here. Um, I'm also going to say that this movie, it did a lot of good things, but it didn't do them great, in my opinion. Um, This movie felt very much like I was watching... Uh, I, I have a lot to explain here with this, with this, with my rating. I, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a taste it, just a solid taste it. Um, it did a lot of good things, but nothing great in my opinion. There were some, I guess there were a few great moments, but it felt like I was watching, it felt very television. It felt like I wasn't watching like a movie 
other than like the big budget special effects, the way everything kind of played out, it felt like I was watching like a teen comedy or like the Goldbergs or Everybody Hates Chris. It just did not feel like an epic Spider-Man movie. And yeah, I hear, I hear you. I hate using television as a uh, a negative, but I, I I completely see what you're saying. Yeah, this movie to me was missing certain things that I want to see in a Spider-Man movie. I, I mean, I love those really deep, heartfelt talks that he has with Aunt May. And I don't feel like I really got that in this. I, I'm. It really made me miss Rosemary Harris. I mean, I thought she was fantastic in those mm-hmm. original Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So as much as I, you know, I like Marissa Tomei, um, I, I don't know if it was her or more so the writing, but it, it didn't work for me. I, I, I'm not a fan of the gadgets with the... Starting up with the AI, the Karen, um, I, and all the like, the Go Go Gadget Spidey suit shit, mm-hmm. and the the blatant not, and nobody's gonna remember this, but not a blatant ripoff, I guess, but like the the greatest American hero feel when he's trying to figure out how to use a suit. Um, I I I miss Spider Man's street level ingenuity and Spider Man inventing stuff and. It felt like more of just him trying to kind of trick Tony with, I don't know. It was. <sighs> yeah, you got very little of that. They did a little bit of that with him doing the web fluid in yeah. his desk and stuff. Yeah, very little of it. And um, I kind of like the, the the Ned character. I mean, it's I guess it's kind of cool having somebody share his experiences with him and kind of like living vicariously through Peter, but. I don't know. I um, I just I liked this movie. I thought it was fun, but I never felt like emotionally connected to any of the characters. And I'm I don't know. I, I, and I maybe they're trying to do it to stay away from the other films and like what the other films have done because like in all the other films you've got the villain who like you know f- swoops in and grabs Aunt May. Or swoops in and grabs the girl. And it got close here. You know, we, we did have, like, the elevator scene and, 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 and things happening there. But for as much as they wanted to kind of stay away from that stuff to differentiate themselves from those films, I kind of missed them. And I, and I just didn't feel emotionally connected to all these characters. It felt like it was just, like, joke after joke after joke after joke. And it felt like I was just watching a teen comedy not a Spider-Man movie, and I miss that street-level ingenuity of Spider-Man, so I'm going to give it a solid taste-it. I don't hate this movie. I kind of put it right there with Ant-Man. It's a taste-it. I like it. I think it's okay. I just don't think it's, like, in the upper tier of Marvel movies, so Ryan, what did you think? Um, I'm going to come right out and say hi, taste-it. I definitely agree with a lot of the things you said, Brian, in, in some way or another. Um, you know, it wasn't a perfect movie. It's very much uh, a Marvel cinema movie. It, it reminded me a lot of like Captain America Civil War, where you have to see three or four other movies in, you know, all these different titles within the Marvel Cinema Universe to really catch up. They throw you right in there right away. We're talking alien technology, you know, and this and that. So if, if you missed out on like the nine hours before this, uh, hopefully you got a friend next to you. Um, but that being said, it was a really fun movie. I did find myself enjoying a lot of the, the joke after joke after joke. 
Uh, come to expect that when you, you're telling me I'm walking into a Marvel movie. Um, and I do want a little bit of the quippiness with, with the Spider-Man movie. So a lot of the things felt right on character and I really loved it. I loved how, you know, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was late to everything. He was running behind. He was in over his head. He was trying to please everybody. It felt like a lot of the things that I loved about, uh, the comic book Peter Parker and they were kind of retelling a story, but making it modern, uh, something we've seen them try to do a lot of times, uh, in comics recently. Um, so I did enjoy a lot of the scenes in this and I found myself really happy about it. Um, so I did enjoy it in the end, but I definitely agree uh, way. It, yeah, I guess in a, in a lot of ways, if you compare it to any other Marvel movie though, I wasn't as into it. Um, it didn't get me like Iron Man or like Avengers, you know, um, the, the build of like, the boat scene almost felt like the most intense. I did really love the scene where the roof came down and that homage to the comics and him lifting himself up, but nothing felt like your, and, and thankfully it wasn't like the suicide squad climax or something like that, Yeah, but it didn't have like your obvious build, like what you'd expect. But yeah, still high taste it really enjoyed it. I thought they got a lot of things right, but I also agree that AI it was. Uh, it felt like they went in like really far. It's like right away we got his own version of Friday, and and we got like hundreds of different web combinations, and and I kind of liked it as a montage. But it was like, whoa, it's this Spidey. Like we're already in in uh, 2017. Okay, let's go. Um. All right, Jake. Uh, high taste it and a taste it, Jake. What do you think, man? Yeah, I'm a lot less nervous to say what I'm going to say after hearing you guys. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this, this was a middle of the road tasted for me. I was actually kind of brutally disappointed by it. I, I saw the rave reviews and kind of everyone that we know get seeing it and saying how much they loved it. And man, I, I, I kind of was right there with you, Brian. I had the TV thoughts. I thought the second half of this movie was almost downright boring. Like just cause it was so obvious what was going to happen and there was, it was such a weird movie. Tom Holland was great, and he wasn't the problem. But it's like, what's the point in putting it in the Marvel Universe if you're not going to go big or go home with that kind of stuff? And then if you're not going to do that, then you should tell a more personal story with Peter Parker. And this felt like it was like right in the middle of those two things, never willing to like decide to do one of those things or the other. And I don't know. It just... It didn't do much for me. And I, like, Ryan was talking about that rooftop scene. Yeah. Like, I thought that was, that scene really made me mad. I thought that looked absolutely terrible. Like, and they always do that scene in the other movies, too. And I thought it actually looked better in the other movies. Like, it, they show it from the back. Like, he's lifting it up. It's like, come the fuck on. We've got ILM here. Let's see Spider-Man from the front lifting this thing off of him. It, it looked really terrible to me. So I, I don't know. I, I hate to say all negative stuff about this movie though. There was, there was good stuff. I, I wish Keaton was a little bit better, but I mean, I thought he gave it his all. I think yeah. it was the, just the character and the writing wasn't very interesting enough for me. I don't know. We're breaking this thing apart, right? Yeah, let's break it apart. So, uh, I'm gonna play the bumper. It's time for a pop culture leftovers movie review. Pop culture leftovers, 
Yeah, Jake. You know, um, Ryan, number one, I'm happy that you really enjoyed the film. It's a high taste. That's a great rating. And it's not like me and Jake hated the film. You know, I I agree with a lot of the things you guys said. Uh, So I'm still excited to hear. I'm more excited to hear your criticisms about it because I don't take it personal at all. Okay, that's great. And I know a lot of our listeners are hearing like, you know, taste it. And they're thinking like we we left the movie and hated it. And that's not the case at all. Um, We're shitting on everything Marvel. How could they? <laughs> I, uh, I had to watch this one twice uh, for two reasons. Um, the first, t- uh, the number first reason is because when I went to see it on my first viewing in the IMAX 3D, is I actually missed the first ten minutes. Um, oh wow! Were you late? No, I, I, I well. I got there at seven. The movie starts at seven. I got there at seven fifteen. They had already started the movie. Like. I don't know how many trailers they had before it, but like it had started. So I missed like the first five, seven minutes, I think. I went, by the oh, wow. time I got in, it was like where they showed eight years later on the screen. So I was like, what just happened? Um, uh-huh. so that's one of the reasons I saw it twice. The other reason that I saw it again was because the fact the first time I left the theater watching it in IMAX 3D with like a really hyped crowd, I left with a taste it rating and I'm like, so, something's got to give, man. I got, I got to watch this again. I got to give this another chance, and I definitely got to watch this beginning because I have no idea what's going on. So, I watched it again, and I left with the exact same feeling, and even more criticisms the second time upon viewing it. So, let's oh, talk about um, the vo- the vulture, um, Jake. I what what was it for you? Because for me. I thought Michael Keaton was fine. I just felt yeah. like the character himself was they were trying to do they were trying to do like this little balancing act with this character, making him like at one moment threaten Peter, but on the flip side almost like when he when he kills the first shocker, he they, he pulls back on it like he didn't mean to do it, like he wanted to use the anti-gravity gun. And I'm like I don't yeah, know. He didn't, he didn't willingly kill that guy. Yeah. It was, it was definitely, they played off like it was a mistake. Should he have yeah. willingly killed the guy, though? I mean, would that have made him more intimidating towards the end? I definitely I think so. I think they I, should have gone full Adrian Toomes. Like, the, the beauty of the character in the comics is that he's, like, so close to death or, like, he's kind of given up on most of those things. So, you know, make him a little more sinister. Yeah, I agree. I thought the line where he talks about, you know, like, I don't remember the exact line I'm paraphrasing, but it's where he turns around and tells Peter, like, he knows that he'll take away everyone he loves or whatever. Right. Like, I thought that carried more weight in the trailer than it did in the movie. Like, by the time you get to that line in the movie. Well, we've already seen him kind of pull back on things, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, what if they would have went, like, a Breaking Bad approach with it? Like, he's getting ready to die, and he's doing all this to take care of his family before he goes. Oh, well, fuck yeah. I mean, that would be hilarious. Right? Oh, yeah. I wish they'd have gone more fantastical with it. Like, from my perspective, they're already doing alien technology. I want Adrian Toomes where he's trying to make him like bring his body back, like the immortal life storyline with the vulture. Like I, I love that stuff. Well, they you only contracted I mean? him for one film, so it's kind of like, well, let's just end this with him in prison. I don't know. It could still end the same way, but I, I just like the idea of him, you know, 
like siphoning power for himself. Maybe that stuff's been there, done that. Yeah, that sounds like we're going back to Amazing Spider-Man Two with the lizard on top of the building or whatever, right? Yeah, I guess I guess that's a little bit been there, done that. Yeah. The big thing with the the Vulture's character that weirded me out was like the reveal when you find out on the night of Homecoming. Yeah, you know that that it's that he's Liz's father. Like other than that, that cheap thrill that it was initially like at first it was like oh holy shit you know it's all connected yeah but then i felt like it kind of hindered the villain because you knew he's doing all this for the daughter like they both care for the same girl you know and so in the end he's not like that bad he's just the misunderstood father figure kind of thing jake was that a big reveal to you too it was a big reveal to me because i had missed the first 10 minutes on my first viewing so i didn't even know he had a kid no, I saw it coming a mile away. See, actually. I did. I ca- see when 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 the the when I watched it the second time, I I thought to myself, I wonder if I would have guessed this, having known that he had a child that handed him that Avengers crayon drawing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, see, I completely missed it. I was just like, yeah, like my brain was just putting all the Easter eggs. I was like, you know, running yarn through right. the movie theater to connect all these things. Yeah. So. It's a- it just also um, the flow of the movie gave it away to me. I, I just kind of felt the trope that was happening where it was like everything's going great and I'm getting ready to ring the doorbell of the girl that I love, you know. And I was like before that happened, I was like, oh, well, it's obviously going to be Michael Keaton behind that door. See, I had no clue. I think maybe if had I watched the first 10 minutes, I would have gotten it. Like I missed that whole like, you know gung-ho <laughs> michael keaton scene at the beginning where they lose their jobs it made me think of the movie gung-ho if you've ever seen it with michael keaton that's yeah, funny he, I, I have seen this front old uh worker yeah i really like yeah, that we're like, gonna do this no, were, fuck him. yeah like some japanese company takes over the you know like the the car company in michigan you know detroit or whatever that he worked at but that's what it made me think of but i totally missed that and so when he opened it when he opened the door and it was him i was kind of like shocked because i was like what because i didn't know he's a family man i didn't know i didn't know why they were trying to get these weapons or anything <laughs> when i first watched it he wants that money. His, his, he has a high maintenance daughter. Yeah. She needs a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you see the house, it all made sense. It's like, oh, this is why the guy has to do this. Yeah, jeez. Liz needs designer purses. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What did you guys? <laughs> what did you guys think about uh, this uh, new version of Flash Thompson or Flash? Oh, I, I liked it actually. That was one thing I kind of did enjoy. I mean, we've seen the stereotypical interpretation of Flash a million times, so this was this was kind of funny. It was like hipster Flash. Yeah. No, I also enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, we've seen Biff from Back to the Future done in a lot of movies, so I really like the idea of this modern bully or this other cool kid who just, you know, is constantly taunting, like, the nervous Peter. So it... I really enjoyed what they did with it and uh, the few scenes he had. I liked the quirks. I I wasn't the biggest fan. I felt like this should be like a Flash Thompson, like, uh, lackey friend, you know? Like, I still want the big bully. Like, you can go ahead and have this kid, you know? But let him be, like, Flash Thompson's, like, you know, right-hand man, you know? Like, I... I, there's something about just, like, you know, Peter getting bullied in school. Like, that's what I love. The Tobey Maguire... <laughs> Uh, 
movie when uh, you know he does take on Flash. I always I always really enjoyed that part. Um, oh, and that I know that's perfect in the Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, yeah, with Joe Manganiello, who's like thirty years old playing Flash Thompson. But anyway, you know, that's I hilarious. yeah. But yeah, speaking of that, what about Liz in this movie? She she looked like she was about thirty, right? Uh, she looked she looked like a teenager with a bunch of makeup on, right? Yeah, I, I didn't think she looked that old. Jake, don't try to justify aging him up, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I would not cast her for Spy Her Man. No, no. Yeah, she, I thought it was pretty odd. Pretty <laughs> odd. She, she did not look like she was like in high school. Uh, you know, all. all these high school girls, man, when they put the makeup on, they always look older than the high school guys. Well, and I kind of liked how the cast looked because, yeah, she was, like, a lot taller than everybody, but it just felt like an awkward group of high school kids, how they all had this unique shape and and look to them. They nailed that. Like, these kids felt, like, authentic and genuine, like, in a high school. You're absolutely right. They nailed it. It wasn't, like, walking down the high school hallways of a CW Archie TV show. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, where everybody looks like they're a Calvin Klein model. Right, so. exactly. No, I liked how unique and, and different everybody had and uh, felt like they had their own, yeah, just their own uh, character. They did great with the high school cast. Oh, the, I agree. The, we could have ch- used a lot more Aunt May, but, yeah, the high school was a fun, like, scene. Yeah, the chess kid killed me. <laughs> 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 Uh, that part, I I did laugh at that. I really did enjoy that. I mean, the, uh, uh, there I, were some good jokes. This was fun. I this was a fun movie. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was a fun movie. I wouldn't have even gone to see it the second time had it not been fun. I, I right. laughed quite a few times. I, I laughed at the Ned porn joke. I I died. <laughs> I love the just Ned wanting to be the chair. How he describes that, like, and it, you oh, knew that was funny joking around about it at the beginning it's like oh we're gonna get this hilarious moment you know oh and I, so I really loved ned's story throughout it too yeah i yeah, thought he was ned reveling was... in being chair guy that was really great yeah. yeah chair guy was great i also loved just the fact of like it felt very genuine like his friend is spider-man he's trying to live vicariously through him and he also wants to know everything he can about he's asking him questions like do you lay eggs <laughs> Yeah, you know, that, like how far can you shoot your webs and like do you spit venom and like and he's asking them these, these questions throughout the day and it felt like a very genuine like like that's what you'd want to know like if you find out your one of your best friends was like a superhero you'd want to know about their power set you'd have these questions and so I did like that I thought that that was very fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I hit right in the middle of class, him doing it, and the girl turning around gave me a good laugh too. I thought that was a fun moment. <laughs> oh, the the high school students with the f Mary kill of Thor and all that. I uh, thought that's great. Yeah, that was funny. I love the idea that people have to explain what f Mary kill is to some people. <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen in the movie? In the movie? No, I'm just, I mean, people watching the movie, I'm, I'm sure not everyone know, has heard of that game before. Oh. And Spider-Man is bringing F. Mary Kill to the forefront. Did you, edu- did you, ed- did you educate people in your theater, Jake? <laughs> I didn't need to. The movie did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the game's kind of self-explanatory, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, that there even is the game. I don't think, I mean... 
I'm sure not every eight-year-old knows about F. Mary Kill or whatever. Oh, okay. I guess you are educating that part of the demographic. But I just F- think it's funny that it's, it's you know, F. Mary Kill is immortalized in a Spider-Man movie. It's not some, like, low-budget theater house movie. It's Spider-Man Homecoming with F. Mary Kill. You're saying funny Spider-Man stuff. did it first? No. <laughs> But but Jake thinks that Spider-Man movies are like a granite slab, and now forever people will know of the F. Mary Kill game uh, thanks to Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm glad you know what he's talking about. I'm just I'm I'm just uh, regretting bringing it up at this point. I know. I, I don't like. Well, how are we down this I, rabbit hole? I don't know what's I, going I was on. Just trying to make a simple statement. I, we, I didn't know. I can we can I'll we shut up about it? Can we start talking I about? I think it's cool that F. Mary Kill is brought to the masses. Is all I was saying. Okay, <laughs> I was hoping we no could talk about Bone talk coming about. again. <laughs> Nobody should talk about F. Mary Kill that long and not explain who they're gonna fuck and who they're gonna kill. I mean, yeah. you just that's like like none of the fun of the topic. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even do an F. Mary Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking about this one. It just was not, I, I guess it just wasn't the Spider-Man movie that I wanted or the, I, it's not Tom Holland, I guess. It just felt like, you know how, um, when, when he's got this training wheels protocol, I felt like this movie had training wheels. Yeah. yeah. It had no, it had no stakes. Yeah, it feels like uh, – it, it left me feeling a lot like uh, how Avengers um, Age of Ultron did where you just feel like you're in the middle of two bigger stories. You know, it, it's all connected. Yes, like there's parts from the Avengers movie, you know, and, and we're building up to Infinity War. But it just – this isn't the 100 percent movie. You're just seeing a chapter in the middle yeah. of something bigger. And I'm not saying yeah. like I need this movie to be like end of the world scenario you know I, I that's not what i want i i i want a like a personal spider-man story or street level stuff but like at, at least have vulture kidnap aunt may though at thank you kinda, yes have personal stakes well g- give me <laughs> give me a heart-to-heart full house aunt may tom holland spider-man moment like they barely had anything they had like the little talk in the chinese or the thai restaurant and then yeah. i mean that's really it. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot. Like, well, he came home crying after he lost the internship. But I mean, I didn't get like those amazing, like, Rosemary Harris speeches that we got in, like, you know, the Raimi films. No, exactly. Just a bunch of jokes about how hot Aunt May is, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, and she was. Funny. And she was. She was oh, definitely yeah. hot. I did, yeah, that is an A-MILF. Yeah. And Aunt May, I'd like to fuck. Yes, absolutely. Oh man, uh, yeah, this is a hard one to talk about, though. And I, the the vulture just wasn't doing it for me. Like Michael Keaton was fine, but like once he's in the suit fighting Spider Man, yawn. Like I had nothing exciting was happening there for me. Well, and, and like the villains were just like a group, you know. It wasn't like he the shocker was the biggest threat, and it wasn't like the vulture was a big. It was just this henchman of techno technologically in you know enhanced guys you know it was just bank robbers uh that he was having a problem with and I, uh, I liked how they set that off though at first because i the actually i i really enjoyed the first shocker the the 
the guy with the beard. I, I enjoyed him mm-hmm. because like when he used that shocking device and punched Spidey, he got a kick out of it. He liked it. And it was yeah. finally like, you know, you finally get to see like how humans now are reacting to like this alien technology. Like before when the Chitari were coming down, we're helpless. Like the Avengers were the only ones that could save us. And now we're actually using our technology, uh, you know, we're using our technology to fight people that are, you know, Spider-Man powerful yeah. and like. Well, it, and, and their technology too. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I enjoyed that first shocker and like watching him get a kick out of like punching Spider-Man. And I love Bokeem Woodbine, but I felt like they used him a little sparingly. I yeah. did really like oh, yeah. Donald Glover though. Yeah. Donald Glover was interesting and he, he played his role well. Yeah. That, that scene was just hilarious. The, the idea of the interrogation part and, and, uh, even earlier with the the van scene with him, I loved every every Donald Glover moment. Yeah, for what he brought. Yeah, Donald yeah, Glover I, was great. I, I thought it was like he was like, you know, I just want I just want something to. What was it? He's like, I don't want to send somebody into like another dimension. I just, you know, I thought that yeah. that was. I don't want to send somebody back through time through a time back portal time. or whatever it was. But I thought that was. I thought he was great, and I felt like it was like Marvel just throwing him a bone because they're not going to let him be Miles Morales in a way. Oh, for sure, he begged so much to be involved with Spider Man. It just felt like, yeah. But we also, have to give you a cameo. I can't say enough about how I love the delivery of that because you you feel like you know that same line could have been delivered a whole bunch of different ways, you know, yeah. and, and it makes sense. But I just love like that kind of uh, like I don't care like stoner throwaway like part of it. Like it wasn't like a moral high ground. It's like you know I just I don't want to do that, man. Jake, Jake, how would you rate, like, if I could have, I, I want to know, like, your actual rating on a scene in the movie, um, the, was it the Washington Monument scene? Okay. Like, when they're in the elevator? Yeah. That whole thing. Like. That, ho- that whole thing was a Tupperware. That was a really great action sequence. I'm going to give it a high taste that. I, I, yeah, I, I would say tasted. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. Like parts of it seemed cheesy. I don't I like. Flash. I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest fan of droney guys. I'm not the biggest fan of like all these gadgets doing the work for Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was fun though. I, I thought it actually looked good. It was in the oh, daylight. it looked great. His suit. Yeah. That we see his suit in broad daylight, and it looks amazing, Jake. The way he moves, the way the, – the webbing, it all looks great. It's just like this James Bond, Spider-Man, Inspector Gadget shit. It's yeah. – Yeah. No, I kind of see that a lot. Like the things I loved about that scene were more of how the rest of the cast reacted to – you know, Spider-Man being there. Like, yeah. it felt like the, the classic, like, where's Peter Parker? Oh, my God, Spider-Man's here, you know? And, yeah. And <laughs> Flash trying to save that trophy. Oh, you like, said that son of a bitch. That that made me laugh yeah. so hard. Yeah. Like, I loved how they were developing all the characters in this moment. But, no, I totally agree with you. It didn't feel like Spider-Man being, like, the the ingenuitive genius that he is. Right. It was just like, hey, suit, how do I do this? You know, it yeah. was like the training wheels explanation of everything. You know, and as, as, yeah. for, as much as like, you know, like 
we've seen it in the comics. We saw it in an amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield, like where the web shooters go out. I was praying, I was hoping that the shocker would shock the shit out of that suit and it would stop working. Yeah. <laughs> I was like so sick of that fucking suit. And it's like – I get it. You know, you've got all these cool devices and it's like, what is he going to use you next? And if you're getting it, if you're watching the movie and getting excited by that, then I can understand why you'd love it. But like, I just wanted Spider-Man to figure something out for himself and a bit, a bit more back to basics than what you got. Yes. Throughout the whole movie. And I understand that at the end of the movie, they took the suit away from him and he did all that. But I felt like a lot of the beginning of the movie was hindered by that suit, and I don't know. That's yeah. The only thing I could take from it was it's like, wow, I hope they take that suit away, and that explains why he's always talking out loud. Like that was <laughs> the only thing because I was like, I feel like that voice is like a crutch, so that you know you get used to Spider Man constantly talking. But like, I really wish they'd just do like the usual like quippy dialogue that he's known for. Yeah, yeah. And this movie really—I I know I say it a lot—but this this movie really suffered from the traileritis, though. Like every freaking action sequence, you, you knew what was happening. Oh, like they, uh, when the ferry happened, I just got—I was like, that bathroom break, cool. Yeah, you you might as well go refill your popcorn. Like you saw the whole fucking thing, the airplane too. Yeah. It was yeah. The ridiculous. first trailer gave us that scene of the ferry. Uh, the second trailer showed us Iron Man coming to save the day. Um, I did, st- I still never watched any of the TV spots and I never watched the third trailer. So I was hoping that that would kind of like, and that should not affect your rating, to be quite honest with you. Cause like, if it's still a good movie, it's, it's still a good movie, but. I know, it's hard though. I get it. I get it. I know, I totally get it. Yeah. It's like the bread and butter of an action movie to show me, like, the Iron Man's going to come save the day. It's one thing to show me Spider-Man saves the day. I'm not an idiot. I know that's going to happen. But you don't need to show me that he's going to get help, you know? What did you right. guys think about the introduction to da- damage control in the universe now? <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I love damage control. I do too. I Damage control was one of those comics that I just kind of like picked up on a whim. When I went to the grocery store with my mom, I saw it. It looked interesting. It said Marvel on it. And I picked it up, and I thought it was a hilarious cartoon, uh, comic book. I was like, I, I was so glad that I picked it up. I was like, I've never seen or read anything like this, because and it was just so comical. And like for them to, I guess they were going to make it one time a damage control TV series, and that never happened. So they just incorporated it into the films, and and I like that. I, I yeah. like its place here. It's like the perfect kind of Easter egg because it, it's obviously a result of the alien attacks and all the superhero yeah. things we have going on with three movies a year. Um, but, uh, you know, it's that perfect like low level. Like obviously it's not Nick Fury and Maria Hill walking through, you know, another movie, you know, making their presence known. It's like, oh, look, we've instated this damage control for low level things like, you know, that might bump into a uh, vulture or Spider-Man. Right now. The characters in this movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but and you guys might not have even heard it, but I heard it on the second viewing. Um, they when they were in the van, and Spider Man is is listening in on them. He has Karen listen in on them in the van. Mm-hmm. They talk about getting 
pulling a bunch of technology out of the Triskelion. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. 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 So has it been decommissioned? Hmm. Oh, well, I figured they were basically doing heist with all of them, so it doesn't, you know, they could have Yeah, been- I mean, yeah. yeah. They have that technology where they can just make a hole in the wall, so it, it doesn't necessarily need to have been decommissioned. Ah, so maybe we're going to find out that, you know, like Hawkeye and some other people have escaped now. Yeah, that's true. They could have been the ones to do it. it uh, they did have that nice little nod to uh, Cat being a war criminal. Yeah, they did. They, I thought that was <laughs> yeah. a fun little nod. They weren't sure if they should be showing the little tapes that they do in school. They're like, well, um. <laughs> that was Hannibal Barras. <laughs> oh, I loved every, that was another, I would Tupperware him alone. Oh, I know. I love him. That was funny. Something about this movie, though, that really was weird to me was it just didn't take long before it just felt like old hat that Spider-Man was in the MCU. And, I, and that kind of felt like a problem to me. Like, Oh, yeah. Just, that's exactly why I couldn't give it anything higher than the, the high taste it or anything higher than a taste it was because like you're right away thrown into, hey, Avengers happened. Hey, you've seen five Spider-Man movies. Here's the kid with the suit. Boom. Yeah. You know, yeah, like they took away all the magic immediately and it just kind of just felt like old hat, like immediately in movie number one. I felt like I had Spider-Man fatigue in the first movie. It, it was just, weird. It felt really for me, a lot of the movie felt fun and lighthearted to where it wasn't like the blend that I got. I felt like in Guardians of the Galaxy where like one moment you're you're finding out that – spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 people. But you're finding out that uh, his father, you know, gave his mother cancer and killed her. You know, like that's – wow, that's heavy. Yeah. And like that really emotionally kind of like connected with me like – Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and especially for you, Jake, you really, that movie really carried over for you emotionally. Um, but I mean, I, I never felt like really emotionally connected to any of these characters or anything that's going on. Like, I wanted more of that relationship with Peter and Queens. Like, I, I really started to enjoy it when he went to Delmar's and he was talking to Mr. Delmar and at the sandwich shop. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, Peter feels like he's a part of Queens, like he's a part of it. And then I was like, when he's going to go out and fight crime in Queens, I really wanted him to make a difference. And like, they kind of used it for comedic purposes. And I know like in the Garfield films, we saw him like a guy holding him up with a knife and all this other stuff. But they used it here to have characters say like, you know, hey, do a flip Spider-Man. And like, I laughed at that kind of stuff. But like, I really did want to see him kind of like making a difference in the city. And maybe they're going to get to that in future films, but... Because I love Spider-Man and that street-level crime shit. I love seeing him take on thugs. No, yeah, I like it a lot, too. Like, that's why it's kind of a shame that we've, like, we can't do the Kingpin thing. Yeah. That we've already just stated that the Netflix stuff is part of the MCU. Yeah. Because that really is the perfect, like, you need that boss-level character. Yeah. Like, they didn't make it, they're not going to let it be Michael Keaton, you know, he's only did in one movie and he's right. in jail now. Yeah. So... Like who's right. in charge? Obviously, they're building up towards the Sinister Six, but yeah. I think even that doesn't work if you don't have that big figurehead that Spider-Man is ultimately fighting at the end. Well, I yeah. mean, 
it's got to be it's got to be it's got to be the Green Goblin eventually is what they're going to lead up to again, right, guys? Yeah, but I think I think kind of the thing that I think the reason some people want Kingpin is because without him, you're just looking at a lot of animal themed or fantasy themed like bad guys for Spider-Man to go yeah. up against. And every now and then you just want like, you know, those more realistic villains that Daredevil brings, you know, more grounded. Otherwise, you're just it's Rhino, it's it's Octopus, it's Vulture. You know, yeah, it's Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong; that's a, that is a beautiful quality of Spider-Man. But it, without the comics, are able to bounce around between all of it so well. Whereas, you know, when you go to the movie and you're only trying to draw from like that pure Spider-Man, well, it's going to look a, a little bit more uh, like kitty, bright colored uh, mm-hmm. than what you might, what a lot of people would want. Are these movies going to get darker? I mean, I happen to feel like Tom Holland's statements about, like, and I believe it was Tom Holland talking about how maybe these movies are going to, or he hopes that they're going to mirror the Harry Potter films. And I mean, guys, like, by the time we got to Prisoner of Azkaban in Harry Potter, things started to get a lot darker. Of course, like, we had a different director. I mean, the first two were directed by Chris Columbus, and then we get Alfonso Cuaron. I mean... And even in the books, they got darker by that time. But, like, is that where we're going here? Because, like, honestly, watching this film and hearing Amy Pascal talk about how this is going to be set in the same, you know, uh, you know, reality as, like, the Venom film, which is rumored to be possibly rated R, I don't see this being connected to anything rated R. Yeah, it definitely... Maybe you're right. Just like Harry Potter, by the time we get to movie three, we're getting a little bit more serious, you know? We haven't really done much as far as Parker and romance yet, and I think that ramps things up more serious, too, when you're involving that kind of storyline. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the other big reveal in this movie. Oh, yeah. Michelle, played by Zendaya, at the end of the movie, refers to herself as MJ. Yeah, I kind of hated that. Did it feel a little bit like uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, like the Robin reveal. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison. I don't know. I I thought the character was a great character. I loved the the Michelle character. Fantastic character. One of my favorite supporting characters. Yeah. Why do you need the cheap pop at the end by saying that she's MJ? And I know all all the articles are saying, oh, you know, she's not Mary Jane Watson from the comic Mm -hmm. books. It's like, then why do that shit? Then right. why go for the cheap pop in the first place? Why can't... The, the character was strong enough that it shouldn't need a cheap pop name reveal. Well, is she not going to be... Is. But is she going to be the love interest going forward? Yeah, the only thing I get from it is, like, that that will they won't they like kind of feeling from it it's like it's kind of exciting in the terms of okay maybe in a movie or two peter parker will realize i don't know when he's out in space fighting thanos that he actually likes michelle yeah but why can't she just be michelle you know exactly that's what i'm saying yeah definitely they don't need to do the mj so is it misdirection then is it them playing with us or i have no problem with zendaya being Mary Jane, if that's me, who, me neither. if that's who she was cast as, right? Yeah. But she was cast yeah. as Michelle, and they just threw this in here as a swerve, and she's really nothing like the character of MJ. And I, you know, like I'm not trying to say like 
you can't reinvent characters. I believe that you can, but just have her either be Mary Jane or not. Well, when they first said that, I thought right away of the ultimate Spider-Man run where it's brainy Janey, like where Mary Jane is the nerd in the high school. And that's why her and Peter get along because they're always studying. Yeah. Uh, that which still it's it's a stretch it's not perfectly like that character um and i do like i agree with you guys i like i loved michelle as a character yeah and this did kind of cheapen the strength of you know her just being another one of the supporting cast it was like oh i guess it's even more now yeah, yeah and i thought it was yeah. kind of a no sell that they're after the fact saying oh no it's it's Fucking have some nuts and say that it's Mary Jane if you're gonna willing if you're willing to have this Easter egg. The whole line didn't even make sense. Up. My friends call me MJ. Where did that even come from? What friends? You don't talk to. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah, no yes, sense. It, yeah, her imaginary friends. Right. I, I didn't understand. I did love it when she flipped him off when they went to the dance. Oh, that was, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was that, it was that like classic, like slow motion moment where you're looking for like the girl in the dress and then there, mm-hmm. there's MJ flipping him off. I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. It felt like such a believable like scene. Like yeah, that's what it would did. happen. It Show did. The big day and there's your friends being a dick. Right. What a what a way! What a oh gosh! I hated that MJ reveal. What a great character! And what's the point of that dumb shit? Yeah. Now, guys, hey, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about Tony Stark's involvement in the film. All yeah. right. back from that break and uh yeah uh an announcement we are joined by another special guest that was supposed to be with us earlier in the night <laughs> but is joining us now mr dan west welcome dan buenos days day. yeah <laughs> all right this is this is a surprise to all of us uh, even our listeners so uh yeah uh late into the game we've already been talking about it for close to an hour but Dan, you know what? Since you are joining us, and I really wanted to know your thoughts on this film, uh, we're going to go back to the rating system. What is your rating of Spider-Man: Homecoming? Uh, well, this is really weird. Not hearing what you guys have actually rated it, so you're definitely going to get my honest rating. Uh, I'm I'm going to Tupperware Spider-Man: Homecoming because uh, it well it was just awesome and. Uh, my favorite Spider-Man movie is uh, Spider-Man 2, but uh, I think I need to see this film a little bit more just to kind of like weigh it up against Spider-Man 2, uh, and then I might, it might actually overtake as my favorite Spider-Man movie. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Uh, I want you to try and guess our ratings. Um, what did Jake rate it? Uh, I reckon Jake Tupperware it. 
Jake. Typical Marvel fanboy that he is. Yeah. Jake. I gave it I gave it a middle of the road taste it. What? Yeah. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It it oh, can't even God. hold a candle to Spider Man too, I'll tell you that much. Wow. Ugh. Uh what do you think <laughs> what do you think comic slob Ryan rated it? Oh God. Uh I don't know. It depends how drunk Ryan was. <laughs> <laughs> when he saw the movie or when he reviewed it? Both. Uh, <laughs> I did uh, the podcast before it, but I feel like it mostly, like, it recovered from it, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I reckon I taste it. Yeah. On the money. Right, right on the money. That is yes. what I give it. <laughs> All right, Dan, what was my rating of Spider-Man Homecoming? Ooh, oh, I'm going to try for a positive Brian Day and go for a Tupperware. I gave it a middle-of-the-road taste it. Oh, my God. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's been beating it up for the last 30 minutes. Oh, dude. shut the fuck wow. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and me on the Logan episode, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. We just didn't think it had any stakes, Dan. Like, there, there was no stakes. There was no heart. Like, it just kind of felt like it was there. It was, you know, I, I thought the second half was borderline boring. If I can compare yeah. this, if I can compare this to any other Marvel film, it's, it's a middle of the road Ant-Man that took risks without taking risks. I felt like the movie took risks with certain characters, like choices that they made, like, you know, Spider-Man with like the gadgets and the suit. And, you know, like, the, with Michelle being MJ and it, but it didn't take any risks as far as high stakes, like what Jake is saying. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it didn't necessarily need to be alien invasion or the whole world's going to blow up. Right. But it's like, geez, it like, I never felt like anything was in danger. Like I was never worried about Peter Parker's home life. I was never worried about his school life. I, you know, there was no threat. I, I, I said in the earlier on the episode, I thought Michael Keaton was more threatening in the trailer delivering the line about how Peter's family was in trouble than he was in the movie by the time we got to it. Wow. Dan, Dan, uh, now you, I want you to kind of set us straight on what you got out of this movie to make, to push it over the edge to make this a Tupperware. Yeah, Dan, defend yourself. <laughs> oh man come uh, on this, this, this is like, what you woke up for dad it is yeah god i wish my alarm hadn't fucking got that <laughs> yeah i'm I, i'm completely shocked i thought that um tom holland was amazing again i thought that uh it's the best representation of peter parker and spider-man together that we've seen um i thought the balance of school life and spider-man life was like on the money it was like about 50 50 and i really always wanted to see more of the kind of peter parker at school stuff you know to see like him juggling those two things a bit better than we've seen in the previous movies um which i thought it nailed i thought michael keaton was an incredible villain and i i really enjoyed the uh the grassroots um like plot with uh you know like like you're saying like you know saying there's no threat but i thought the threat of like it all being quite localized i thought that was really cool like not having this big world ending uh thing happening so i don't get what you mean about the the school i love the school scenes but even there there was no stakes it was like oh peter missed the 
he missed the what was it the question class again, you know. But we managed to pass it anyway. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! I, I thought it, it could have been really cool once we got the scene of you know Bakeem Woodbine as the shocker showing up to the school trying to get like that energy source from the Chitari weaponry. If it would have been an all-out like battle between Spider-Man and you know the Shocker right there in the school, kids watching, shit like that, that would have been really cool in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Have Shocker accidentally like kill one of the students, you know, real somber yeah. day at school the next day. Only the Vulture put it together, like the idea that like Spider-Man's in all these spots at the same time. Everybody else is lucky enough not to see him. <laughs> It, there's definitely a lot of suspension of disbelief here. That's for sure. Oh man, I feel so bad. Dan was like so pumped to talk about this movie, and we're just not the the biggest fans of it. We did like it, Dan. We uh, yeah, one, yeah. One thing I agree with you on, Dan, is I, I think Tom Holland is fantastic. Yeah, I love. I loved everybody in it. Yeah, none of my problems have to do with him and his portrayal of Peter Parker. Like they nail that. That's why it's such a shame. It's like we we finally nailed the character, but now we've just put him in a real blase two-hour movie. It's like watching Hugh Jackman do some of the previous X-Men films. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's a great comparison. Wow. Well, you know I hate Wolverine anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shocked, guys. I really am. I don't – wow. It's, I don't um, and what would you, what'd you think about the MJ stuff too, Dan? Because we kind of – we kind of moaned about that too. It's like we love the Michelle character, and it, it seems a bit needless to have to throw that in there. Yeah, well, I mean, I honestly thought that they took so much kind of uh, like meta stuff from the 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 fans' reaction to Spider Man in Civil War and and the news on uh, the castings and stuff. I figured that 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 is kind of something that it's a bit lame in the fact that you can kind of they can take it or leave it. So she just kind of throws that out there, and I reckon they're going to see whether or not people react well to that. I don't think that she's going to be Mary Jane in, a, in inverted commas, so to speak, because they didn't even have the same name. So it, it's just why even do it? Yeah, I'd, it's a bit because as a movie, it's kind of cheeky. There's so many like different bits in it that are thrown in, which refer to other movies and past characters and things like that. So if, like um, the way that they threw in loads of jokes about. Like how hot Aunt May is, because everyone reacted to that after she was in Civil War. There, you know, those are memes about how to, how um, where Peter gets younger, Aunt May gets hotter, and there's like a whole like graph on it. I'm surprised like that. that 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 fucking Jason Alexander from Seinfeld didn't show up to take her out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, but I mean, the whole, the whole MJ thing. Um, I just figured that it was either going to be. Kind of, it's kind of shoehorned in there, but whether or not that they react, um, the fans react to it well, is whether or not she's actually going to be MJ under a different name, which Shit. is odd. Or it's a big fuck you to people that didn't like the casting of Zendaya as Michelle. Yeah, they need sure. to shit or get off the pot. She either needs to be Mary Jane or she just needs to be Michelle. And I was really enjoying the character of Michelle, and I just thought it was a dumb line uh, my friends call me MJ. Like, where did that even come from? That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, yeah. It's very I mean, it, it worked for people, though. There was a person sitting right behind me in the theater that was like, 
that means Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> I was, I, I'm, I'm not lying. Michelle will back me up. I'm like, this is like, wow, we've got Johnny Q idiot behind me that this is working perfectly for. <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. Except for she's got a completely different name. Yeah, but they call her MJ, Dan. That's all that, that's all that matters to Johnny Q idiot. So is that the equivalent to like the Martha scene for you, Jake? Like yeah. hearing it out loud? <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So, eh. oh man, I think you, um, you have you focused quite heavily on that. Is that like really disappointed you? I mean, that's what we that's what we were at before we went to break. So that's why it's fresh in our minds. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, I kind of thought, like you said, it, it was shoehorned in, but I reckon that they can go either way with it, but I do understand what you're saying, Brian, either either make her MJ or don't. Yeah. Because, I mean, she did have, the, she had that kind of, um, she was a completely different character aside from kind of the amount of, like, independence that MJ's always had, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was very, like, like MJ is always a very outgoing like bubbly character like a social butterfly practically yeah i know it's uh, weird <laughs> so okay, the Irish okay. Some of michelle my... more of the fly on the wall kind of always quiet but right there. yeah she was kind of like the ali sheedy in the breakfast club exactly yeah That's exactly what it felt like yeah, Dan. Some of my problems with this is I felt like it. it, it the the movie didn't feel like a cinematic experience, other than the big special effects that they used in the film. It felt like it was very much a television show. That was. It, it felt like an episode. It felt like the Goldbergs, or like I mentioned, Everybody Hates Chris. It felt like a a teen comedy, and with big with a big budget, and. I think this is made for a different audience. I, I just didn't think that this was it. This is my third favorite Spider-Man film. I mean, I'm still saying Spider-Man two, Spider-Man and then Spider-Man homecoming. So, okay. It's, it's, and it's a, it's a solid taste. I did have a lot of fun. I thought it was a fun movie. I just, I never really was emotionally connected to any of the characters. And for as, like I was telling Jake and, and, and Ryan, for as much as they tried to kind of like separate, Sony tried to separate this movie from those original films, I did miss seeing like, you know, those uh, emotional moments between Aunt May and, and Peter. Like I, it made me miss Rosemary Harris from those original movies. I miss those, those heartfelt moments of talking about Uncle Ben and things like that. So that when, when Aunt May is, you know, like, uh, uh, kidnapped by, you know, the Green Goblin, I, I, I fear for her. And I, I understand, like, wh- why Peter loves her and why Peter is fighting for her. I never kind of got like that in this movie. I never, this movie never emotionally grabbed me. Yeah, it made me laugh a few times, but unlike Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I never felt, like, really emotionally char- connected to any of the characters in the film. Wow, not even Spider-Man, you didn't feel connected with him. Like no. when Vulture like drops the building on him and he's just like he's just a kid just panicking and oh man, that fucking it, tore me to yeah. tore me apart. It didn't work yeah, for me. Made, it didn't we, work we for me just like it didn't yeah, work. I, really? I tried I said that same argument, Dan, and these guys are they just yeah. they were the building on top of me. No, no, Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan, this for me was was your moment when Professor X got killed by 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you got nothing out of I it. I got nothing out of it, really. You oh, know? man, it made me really uncomfortable, and like it was horrible seeing Spider-Man in that state. And that's one of the reasons why I thought it was a really good origin movie without doing the typical you know, Uncle Ben origin movie. So, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I, was, I was fine with them <laughs> skipping the Uncle Ben stuff. I just didn't think... I disagree with you in that I didn't think this did a good enough job. I think that they should have showed Spider-Man at the dinner table with Aunt May and she pulls out a box of Uncle Ben's rice and he breaks down. That would have done it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, In hindsight, I did think it was weird that not even a mention. I I do enjoy the fact that they didn't retread old water or make the same mistake that like every Batman movie has made. Um, but it felt weird that like no mention, at least Peter mentioned there was a spider bite, but it was like, Oh, the other, like, okay. But maybe we'll, you know, there's still, I guess that's the thing. Like I said, it's between two major movies. So I'm sure there's plenty of time for Spider-Man to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love the fact that they didn't go over like the origins that everyone was. I'm going to say everyone, nearly everyone knows. And the whole uncle Ben thing as well, that it's just, ever so slightly hinted at in the line that he says to Ned about everything that May's been through. He doesn't want to like drop anything on her yeah. at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand that for some audiences, um, maybe for kids actually that mm-hmm. haven't like, that don't know the origins of Spider-Man or haven't seen any of the previous movies, then that, you know, that they're not going to understand that. So I, I would consider that a negative for them, but for everyone else that knows the character and knows the history, then I just thought it was a really, refreshing take and actually like focusing on um him as a kid and like the vulnerabilities of him being like a 15 year old i thought that was really clever instead of like everyone else being in danger he's the one that's actually in danger i I get it man i get it i see all that it just for some reason it just didn't work for me like Mm -hmm. I, i can see all that i can see like how they're trying to not retread like, you know, some of the sins of the past that they've done in the other films. And I, yeah, I get that. It just, for some reason, this movie just did not, that moment where he's, you know, like he, he had like all that stuff like piled down on top of him, you know, the ceiling caves in on him. It just didn't do it for me for some reason. Like I, and Jake, you're right. The special effects looked awful in that scene. Yeah, they show it from the back. At one point, it looks like he literally lets go of the stuff he's holding on to so he can grab it better. It's like, yeah, I think it would have crushed you right then. He pops it with his, he pops it off his shoulders and then uses his arms to push it up. Yeah. And then as, and then as he like pushes it off of him, the special effects looked absolutely horrible. Um, it cuts to the back where you're not even seeing Spider-Man. You're just seeing a pile of stuff moving up. And I wouldn't have minded that. Had it hit me more emotionally, I probably wouldn't even have cared about that. But like, since I since it didn't hit me emotionally, I'm I'm nitpicking even like, you know, um, just the special effects in that scene. So yeah, I definitely had like the the I love this goggles on. I was just like, oh man, they're doing this scene. Oh go, oh boy. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm just being honest right there. Like I was just like, I love this. This is cool. That, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I, I am. I'm glad that a lot of people love this movie, and I like it. I don't hate this movie. This is by no stretch of the imagination a toss it for me. Um, no, it's definitely a step up. I mean, I, I'm yes. not. I'm not with you on the third best. Um, I mean, I, I. It's definitely the fourth best for me, though. I like it better than both the Garfield movies. 
Yeah, I still so. I like this one better than Spider Man Three. Um, but uh, it's 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 I don't know. Spider Man Three for me still like a taste it. Um, yeah, but, well, I love me some Spider Man Three. But um, wow, well, seeing as we're shitting on it, um, <laughs> the, 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 there's there's a couple of things I, that I didn't like. One of them is that we never got to see the spider sense in any kind of like cinematic you know technique ah, so yeah. like the whole kind of slowing down time we, we, anything like that we didn't see any of that spider-man weird. The, the amazing spider-man 2 did that so well in my opinion mm-hmm. it really yeah. did yeah and we didn't get that like not once and that wasn't it he never said anything about that nothing of that ever happened to like show why his reflexes are so good so i mean that was one thing that was missing for me um, I'm trying to remember what the other thing was because there really wasn't that much. Uh, some of the, like you guys were saying about some of the special effects weren't like, like awesome, awesome. So I, I actually had that same feeling as well when the machines like, or when that massive unit is like on top of him and he does like pop it in the air and for like you were saying, Jake, for a split second, it's like he's not carrying any of the weight. <laughs> So yeah. I, I actually got that as well, but I was I was the same as Ryan in the fact that I was just really happy to see that they actually put <laughs> that moment in in the <laughs> cinema because you know it's a defining moment in like the Spider Man comics. So yeah. actually seeing it on screen, I thought was really cool, and that coupled with it being like making him like seriously vulnerable for the first time, and you you see that he's a kid. I really enjoyed that. But aside from that, there's not that much that I don't like in this film. It's really weird. <laughs> And it's, uh, it's cool that we're so different. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, I didn't hate it. In hindsight, that scene is really funny to me now, thinking, like, A, they have done that in, in other movies, and B, like, they just, a building fell down, and it's like, man, they could literally just get to that moment in any which way, you know? It's just, like, anything falls on Spider-Man, and it's suddenly that iconic moment again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, I mean, have you, it's not like, I mean, are you thinking about the... Like in two, where he like has to lift that that bit of like building off of MJ and stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? Or yeah, uh, I mean they've done a it's very similar. And uh, what's what's it? I know they definitely it's, touched maybe... on this Spider-Man emotion previously. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, okay. Oh well. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about Tony Stark in this movie because honestly, I think that this was some of the worst Tony Stark dialogue and some of the worst, <laughs> I feel like I'm just crapping on it. I, I didn't, I didn't really care for Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. And some of his dialogue was not good. Like the screw the pooch line that he used twice. I thought that was ridiculous and stupid. And I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't There was really so care. little of them. I honestly expected a lot more. Iron well, we Man thought this Tony was going to be a team. They, they kind of like, didn't they like uh, say this was going to be a team up film? And I mean, even the poster had or the the trailer had him flying behind him, swinging through the city, and we never saw that. Yeah, so that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I, honestly, we see Happy Hogan in this movie. I think more than we see Tony Stark. Yeah, I love John Favreau's part of the in the movies movie. Yeah, he he was funny though. John I honestly, Favreau. I honestly thought that having less Tony Stark was actually a plus in this film. Because I, I never wanted like a a, a team up movie. I wanted like a, a new Spider Man film, and that that was what I got. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm saying like even the Tony Stark dialogue that we got in this was not great, in my opinion. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on the screw the pooch thing. Yeah. <laughs> when it came up again, I was like, why? Is that like his new thing? He keeps saying. I know, he said it twice. He said, I like, that's what I mean. All right, uh, <laughs> why are you recycling old shit there, Tony? I thought you were. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want the team up movie originally either. Like, I mean, we had the infamous, you know, Suit Brian argument about me, you know, protesting the Iron Man Spider Man team up. But right. it's like, what? Well, yeah. Once you're already there, it's like you're there. Like you either it's another shit or get off the pot moment kind of for me. It's like what's the point of even having the merger if you're not gonna make some meat out of it and do something with it? Oh no, they totally did. I mean, we've got Chitari weaponry. We've got Captain yeah. America showing up in PSAs. We've got, I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got mentions of Hulk, Thor. We've got you know villains wearing their masks. I mean, yeah. MCU yeah. is fucking. They they literally had diarrhea all over this movie i mean yeah i thought that detracted from it so much the fact that it's like well you have to know the chitari are from avengers or you have to know that you know tony's entourage is gwyneth paltrow and and john favreau yeah Yeah, you can't just breathe as as a spider-man movie it has to have these other 15 movies of baggage on top of it exactly oh i liked it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about the uh the big reveal at the end of the movie uh with uh you know tony wanting to make peter one of the avengers and we see the iron spider suit from civil war uh yeah that was pretty cool it, it wasn't quite the iron spider suit right no it didn't have like the the arms and stuff right and the color scheme the color wasn't was quite different. there. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't – I mean it was basically the MCU's version of the Iron Spider. But right I liked my, it. My thought was please don't wear that suit. <laughs> I liked the – That's the, exactly what I thought as well. Yeah, the suit I thought this was one of the few times where the emotion actually did work for me actually. I, they did a good job of Peter doing everything he could to say he wanted to be an Avenger or that he even was an Avenger to the point of lying about it. And then when he actually turned this down, I, I actually did feel something there. I knew that must have been hard for the character. Yeah, I think that it, man, I, oh, this is so weird, me defending a film for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the whole, uh, one of the reasons I love it so much is because that's what Peter's like throughout, you know, a lot of the film. I know you're saying that, you know, he lies about being an Avenger and things, but basically every decision that he makes in this movie is the Spider-Man that I know and love. Like, you know, um, where he warns the vulture that the, the suit's going to explode. He gets taken down and then he even ends up saving the guy that tried to kill him and that threatened him and, and him turning down the offer to be in the Avengers and things like that. I thought it was, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. No, I feel a oh, lot go ahead. too. There's a lot of times where I was like, "Oh, look, Peter's trying to please everyone, and he's going to be late because he's trying to be an Avenger and he's trying to be in the club and he's trying, you know, he's trying to make everything work, and it never works out for poor Peter Parker." You know, I loved that the Parker luck was such a part of the movie, and I did feel that that same way that they captured that piece of it perfectly. Yeah, because I just figured that it was it was awesome to see him. He, he as far as I remember, he like never got mad. He was always, it was always like playful. And even if like he, his life was in danger, he still had, aside from the one scene where the building falls on him, he like, he has a, a sense of humor, but also there's also like a sense of urgency to everything that he does, like with the plane and stuff like that. But it's still played off, you know, even like the, the plane action scene, it's still, he's, 
he's just trying to get Mr. Stark his stuff back. And I, I really liked that kind of mentality. I thought it was really cool. Jake, is, there, is it just that there's like certain elements that we do love? Because I do love like some of the representation and so, of, of, of Peter in this movie. I do love that he wants to do the right thing and he wants to help people. It's just, there's other it's decisions. It's the storyline built around the character. Yeah. That's the problem for me. Like that, they they nail the Peter Parker character. Like I said it before, it's it's just frustrating that everything around him is kind of so kind of boring, and you know stuff I've seen before. Nothing so you didn't exciting. like you didn't like the return to kind of more like you know like ground level grassroots like villainy going on like we see in a lot of the Spider Man comics. You weren't a big fan of that. I mean, I like that. I just didn't. There were no there was no really stakes involved with any of that stuff either. I thought Michael Keaton was a good enough actor, but I thought the reveal was pretty see-through that he was Liz's father. I, I There was just no meat to it. I never thought he was threatening Peter or Peter's family in any way whatsoever. Really? Well, I thought the just... suit was kind of not exciting. Like, the vulture what? suit versus... <laughs> it looks like it has those big, like... Uh, like fans inside of it. Uh, it, it looked like it was using helicarrier technology is what I thought. Yeah, exactly. And eh, whatever, it's kind of big and bulky. I, I almost would prefer it to be a little bit more sleeky, sleek designed. Right. And l- wow. Less bulky. And I, it was kind of bulky and boring. No, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind the vulture, the way he looked. I mean, it looked like when, when, when he uh, put that mask on and you just saw the glowing green eyes, it looked a lot scarier than Ultron's moving animated bullshit mouth. And so <laughs> I like that. I like the I like the helicarrier wings because, like, I like the way they moved and I like the way that they just look like – they didn't have to look, like, sleek. I don't need them to look like the Naboo ships in, you know, episode one, you know. I, I, I liked that look because he looks like a rough dude and i liked that he looked rough in that yeah, in suit the trailers i hated the idea of it because i thought this was just going to be like a call of duty representation of a classic character but actually in the movie it did feel more natural when they explained the tech you know the chitari parts of of all the things that they're building and and the different things that uh the tinkerer there like figured out like it, it made sense. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like this is a scary character that would develop in a world with Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah, I actually feel exactly the same way. In the trailers, I wasn't very keen on the Vulture's design, and when I saw it played out in the movie, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Wow. What are you guys thinking <laughs> about? Crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> what are you guys thinking about the uh, build up to a possible? Real Sinister Six. I mean, we got the reveal at the end of the movie of with Scorpion. Oh yep. yeah, that that was interesting. I mean, I, I like the idea, but I mean, they they need like the big baddie that we care about for this to yeah, work, right? Because Scorpion's more of a grunt. I always say he's just another one they could throw like a little tech tail on the back of like, you know, like but, Shocker as well is another yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's not exactly calling the shots by any means. He's just another like no no good doer. Are they gonna have Venom be part of the Sinister Six, you think? Uh, 
<laughs> I hope not. I mean, it has been done. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like it wouldn't be like outside the realm of possibility. Um, but I would hope they would go more traditional and I want like a Doc Ock or a Green Goblin. Yeah. I like, don't want, I don't want Venom to work well with others. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> he should be a wild card. Yeah, as far as Kevin Feige seemed to say after that interview that I'm sure everybody saw, um, it's not going to happen. He was saying that there are no plans to bring Venom like into the, like, the Spider-Man universe or into the MCU at all. Uh, and then he said, for now. But that's like the most definitive kind of, you know, press, ju- press junket well, no I, that I've ever seen. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay, think about it this way. When you're watching a Thor movie, like when we watched Thor The Dark World, did we ever think Malekith would ever show up in an Avengers film? No. No. And it's the same thing here. But Well, it's also kind of like – are we really going to use anything that Sony makes? Like, I feel like they want to make sure they want to watch it first. They, yes. With it. That's a great point. Like if Kevin Feige watches the Venom film and like it <laughs> blows up, uh, Kevin Feige is going to be begging Amy Pascal to be, to, to throw Venom in an MCU yeah. film. Oh yeah. Let's have symbiotes everywhere. Well, no, <laughs> but until it's a proven moneymaker, let's uh, hold the horse. Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be kind of cool to see, like, you know, Venom chasing down Black Widow because she gets chased down by everything that's big and bad and gets scared. Maybe she'll, <laughs> maybe, maybe she'll date him by Avengers Five. <laughs> oh, nice! I like that. Well, she's dating Bruce Banner in the last she, fucking movie. She understands the monster inside. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I mean, as far as, as far as speaking as, as a massive Venom fan. I think they've already fucked Venom by, you know, not having it linked to Spider-Man in this this origin film that they're going to be doing. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense at all to do a, a solo Venom movie before you introduce him into a Spider-Man film. It's yeah, just... it could be so much fun, and you could tie the Marvel universe in, have him sneak into Avengers Mansion, and and you know he gets the finds the suit and takes it with him or something, you know. Yeah, anything. Just having part of the MCU first, and then then do the Venom solo movie. But having him start off as, you know, solo Venom, it doesn't make any sense at all. Unless they're going to completely rewrite his origin. Well, and with the cosmic side of of Guardians of the Galaxy and now Infinity War that's coming up, and, yeah. and you know the implications of Adam Warlock, like it would be really easy to kind of slide it in somewhere. In this handful of movies coming out in the next couple of years. Uh, probably yeah. in a post credit scene or something. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, look, we're back from space. And, oh, my God, what's this? That would be <laughs> perfect. It would be pretty perfect. Yeah. That would be awesome. It, it, it seems like the perfect place to explain yeah. something like that. Yeah. I like how yeah. the Spider-Man post credit sequence made fun of how pointless post credit sequences are. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd enjoy that. That was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> the importance of patience. <laughs> yes. So did you guys enjoy the, the Captain America PSAs? Did you like those or not? I did. I, yeah. I did. I like my the biggest... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. The, I like the idea of a public school using these outdated things that a known terrorist filmed. You know, <laughs> I, I love the fact that he's wearing, like, the Avengers costume, which yes, looks yeah, yeah. It's, awful. It's like the yep. old USO crappy version costume. Uh, uh, it's from the Avengers 1, and, it, like, and when he's wearing it, I'm just like, 
thinking to myself, oh my God, did it look that bad on screen? Was it that <laughs> bad? <laughs> Something with the lighting where they're like trying to make it look like that, right? Oh yeah. man, yeah. It, it looked like it didn't even fit right. Loud moments in the movie was when they cut to Cap doing like the, like the, oh, what was it? When he, um, the video that he did where the, gosh, I'm brain farting here. No, you're killing it, man. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I am killing it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Fucking... I can't think of the word. No, this is podcasting brilliance, Jake. Thank you for sharing that fucking nugget of wisdom. This is this is the best help to help me think of this word I could ever think this of someone giving me to. Hey, uh, I'm about to I'm, I'm about to give a PSA Make right now. Hey, kids, figuring it out is, is giving me the best inspiration. Now, my PSA is, kids, don't do drugs in podcasts. <laughs> set no, up like, un- uh, unfortunately, the unfortunately, I'm completely sober. Oh. There's up like the classic like gym like the uh you know the uh, the gym things we had to do where the national standards or whatever with Arnold Schwarzenegger oh like, yeah the what, uh, physical my, fitness you know. uh, thing yeah the presidential oh it was the the puberty the puberty PSA uh. that they cut into the fact that Cap was going to talk about that ah oh, Jake that was worth the wait thank you sir yeah, <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sincere or not not sincere at all. <laughs> if we're playing F. Mary Kill again, I want to kill that segment. <laughs> I should get back on the drugs. All all this needling wasn't as bad. <laughs> man, you're like Aerosmith of the '90s now. Come on, oh, man. I thought I thought I thought Jake was turning into the physical embodiment of the Venom movie there for a moment. Total train wreck. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! At least I got Tom Hardy, right? How can it go wrong? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I thought the um, uh, the Captain America PSA in the detention. I think that was the one that was one that I liked the, the most. I thought that was awesome. The whole like, you know, oh, so you're in here. You might have done something that you think is cool and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Oh yeah, to take it for somebody that was frozen in ice for seventy years. Yeah. <laughs> You want to be cool. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Shit. That was Brilliant. good. I was going to ask you guys, actually, obviously, like, from being abroad and everything, do you think that, um, that all the high school stuff, do you reckon that that was, like, pretty, like, on the money as far as, like, U.S. high schools go? Like, the way that everyone's, like, treated and, and, and the kind of the in-jokes that were, were in there. Did it feel like a, a proper school to you guys? Uh, I mean, last time I was in high school was 20 years ago. Yeah, um, I guess in the sense I I loved Hannibal Burris's like lackluster that definitely <laughs> felt right on the money for a public school. Well, here. I can only I can only be within 500 feet of most of them, but um <laughs> as no, to be quite honest with you, I felt like it felt like uh like a suburban kind of school, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it felt like – I don't know if it felt like inner city, like they're supposed to be in Queens, but it felt like more of like your suburbs is what – like middle class, upper middle class. But it, it did feel pretty genuine in that sense. It didn't feel like inner city Queens, you know what I mean? So Yeah, it didn't feel too Hollywood. Yeah, it probably would have been a good idea to not get a guy that falls asleep on the show and uh, get, like, someone that's actually been to, like, isn't, like, you know, 30 to sort of, like, mid-30s and to actually... 
be able to represent the younger generation on this show. Maybe Finn. <laughs> Finn will be able to tell us. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're asking people that are, we're about, I mean, like, one more turn of the fucking uh, clock, uh, you know, I'm going to be 40, so it's, I'm not the best guy to ask, so. Yeah, yeah we, we can't actually hear what they're saying with the binoculars. We can just see into the schools. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll keep off of that subject, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even supposed to be talking about it. <laughs> what did you guys think about the? Uh, and I know it was done in the comics, but they did it kind of like right off the bat with the big reveal of. Uh, and it's totally different than what was revealed in the comics when uh, Aunt May finds out that Peter is Spider-Man. Yeah, it was okay. I mean. They just played it for a laugh, basically. It was, yeah, it was, what the fuck? And then, yeah, it went, I don't know. It was, I mean, I got a big reaction in my in my audience. Uh, people just, it was uproarious laughter with that. Yeah, ditto. And that's not, it, it, over here, people don't make a lot of noise. Like that whole, like, stereotypical British thing about being re- very reserved. That happens quite a lot over here, well, most of the time when, in cinemas and stuff. But when that scene played out, the whole place erupted in laughter and some people were actually applauding, like me included. I just thought that was a brilliant end to like everything that we saw. I thought it was an excellent closer for the movie. Jeez. Wow. You're like the perfect candidates over there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't go. That's Mary J. Watson. (laughs) She said, call me MJ. I didn't do that. The whole, uh, like, you know, he's like, he's in the suit again. And And, if you did, you wouldn't admit it now. No, that's true. Everyone's mindlessly applauding and laughing at the final reveal joke. <laughs> oh, a uh, scene which got, like, huge props as far as, like, you know, the guys like me wearing their superhero shirts and things like that to the cinema was the interrogation scene with Donald Glover. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes yeah, to interrogation, but, and his voice goes into the, the Batman. <laughs> 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 that whole thing. Like, like Marvel poking fun at DC at a Spider-Man movie was so fucking cheeky. It was brilliant. Did you guys, did you get that feeling from it? Or oh, not? totally. Totally. That's yeah. totally what it was. <laughs> yeah, I just, I absolutely loved that. I, thought it was I did awesome. like it when he webbed him to the back of the, the trunk. And he was like, "Yeah, that'll that'll dissolve in two hours." And Man, he's like, two hours." I got he's like, ice cream." Yeah. He's like, "I got ice cream." He's like, "You're a criminal. You're a criminal." Bye. <laughs> I did like that. That was funny. But that um, that's like again, it's like a lot of the reasons why I love this. I just love seeing the the, the funny quipping yeah. Spider Man. No, you're right. It's like doing he's doing right no matter what is happening. Like the guy gives him a load of information. He says about how much he cares about the community because. You know, if any fans sort of realize that, uh, you know, Donald Glover's character is, he's, uh, he's Miles Morales' uncle. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The Prowler. Yes. Prowler, exactly. So, like, you know, we're getting that little nod, which is awesome, but him being a, you know, he, like Spider-Man says, he's a criminal. So he just fucking leaves him there, which I thought was great. Just it was seeing funny. Peter doing his, doing his thing and he he does see black and white in a, in a lot of things so actually having that represented was 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 fantastic i loved it 
Hey, yeah. Dan, um, we were talking before you got on about uh, Brian was not particularly a fan of the go-go gadget Spider-Man suit. What did you think of the Karen's voice and everything, uh, that part of the movie? Uh, I, oh man, that is tough. Um, the, I liked the, the fact that it's like tech that he could, he could only get from Stark to give those like you know the different webbings that we see in the comics and stuff like that i thought that was a good explanation for that but then you know peter's a he's a genius kid and so he should have really been able to figure that out for himself but maybe that that will give him the ideas later on but yeah a lot of the spider suit stuff it was played for jokes and it wasn't really um yeah it wasn't really kind of canon if, if you know wait, what I mean. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me you didn't fall in love with Drony? Drony's not your favorite <laughs> new fucking Spider-Man character? Drony? No, no. He's not my new Red Wing. That's for definite. <laughs> oh. Yeah, now I want the team-up movie with him and whatever the ant's name was in that movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> Auntie. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> Anthony. Anthony the Anthony. Anthony. Anthony, yeah. So we get Anthony, yeah. Red Wing, and then Drony. That's yeah. it. <laughs> wow. Spin-off. That movie writes itself. <laughs> That's going to be a fucking Disney XD cartoon if ever I heard of one. Oh, God. Next, we're going to get the fucking Thor frog. <laughs> oh, one can hope. hope. Yeah, one can hope. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a massive fan of, of all the stuff that the suit could do. It made, it made sense as far as the movie goes and his relationship with Stark, but I don't think it was needed. And it was just sort of – it was interesting because I remember you guys talking about on a show before, is he going to have an AI in the suit and it will be cool to sort of – you know, it's got a woman's voice and it will be cool to kind of hear Peter be a little bit kind of, you know, nervous about talking to a girl – in his own in his own suit, which yeah, is, kind of got to see that. It, yeah, she turned more into like Doctor Ruth and giving him relationship advice. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was, I thought Sebastian the crab from Little Mermaid. She's like, make a move, you know. It's like settle down. You're just the fucking suit here. Yeah. I I got a. I don't know about you, Dan. I don't know if you ever watched this show, but did you ever watch the Greatest American Hero about the the superhero that had the alien suit that had. All these different powers and abilities, but he lost the owner's manual, and so he never really could figure out how to use it. And I felt like that's what they were doing here with Spider-Man a little bit. With yeah, was that a TV series? Yeah. It was a TV series over here. Yeah, yeah. in every, the eighties. Every, every Saturday lunchtime, I used to watch that. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man, that is a deep cut. Fucking hell! <laughs> oh, I love that show, man. Oh, that I loved was it. amazing. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, very, very similar. You know, um, again, there's a lot of like homages to lots of different things in this. You know, and and the whole movie is is a is a is a like a love letter to John Hughes movies. Yeah. Um, and like the way it's shot, and obviously with the Ferris Bueller references and stuff like that. So having and even the homecoming dance being set, you know, it's like an '80s themed homecoming dance. Maybe it's because you know we're all kids of the '80s that that was intentional so we would all kind of we would have some kind of familiarity with what was going on um but also obviously because the director is a big fan of john hughes movies so yeah. i mean it's um it's really weird because it, they had to skirt this fine line between making it a you know generation z movie um sorry z movie um and uh 
but uh, I think it was um, it might have been Joe Martin said that this is the most millennial movie that he's ever seen. Right. With, yeah. And and it was it was you know what with the, like the vlogging and and the, just all the social media stuff and all that sort of thing. Um, but then obviously yeah. they had, which was to bring in new fans. But then obviously they had it shot in a way and represented in a way that all of the older fans would un- not understand, but like linked to as well. So they had a really fine line that they had to skirt in the making of this film. I just I think they nailed it. I just enjoyed like damn near everything in this movie it's crazy. I, i'm surprised that the suit didn't have its own it didn't turn into its own like fidget spinner i mean really <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was waiting for that to come up <laughs> no i mean I, I honestly i think there's a lot of great things in this movie and i feel i'm not totally down on this on this spider-man i'm very much looking forward to the next film and seeing where they can take it i just oh, feel I like totally more yeah. I feel like Sony was so scared and Marvel, even Feige was so scared to do some of the things from the past movies that I, I miss. I, 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 I miss like, you know, Aunt May getting kidnapped and I'm, I, you know, I, I miss a lot of that stuff that, that I love in those other films that, that feel like Spider-Man movies. I miss Spider-Man ingenuity and I miss, the street level fights where there were stakes involved and that he could get hurt or someone could be hurt. I felt like, you know, we watched him like we watched him, you know, stop a bicycle thief, a, a guy who wasn't even trying to steal a car, but trying to get into his own. And it was like, it was played for jokes and it was funny in the moment, but I do like seeing Spider-Man working at night and stopping real thugs. And I know they tried to give that to us when like, these guys are stealing the ATM, but that was all just to link those guys to the vulture with the weaponry. So I, I don't know. I, there's things I loved about this movie. I mean, there, there really are. I, I, some of the humor did land for me. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the action was cool. I loved the way the suit looked. Spider-Man in broad daylight looks amazing, which was so cool. But, um, I don't know. There's, it, like Jake said, it, it all goes back to no emotional stakes or stakes at all for me. So wow, it's kind I'm of gonna... scary for the sequel idea too, because it's like, you know, usually with these superhero movies, you know, the second one has a good chance of being a lot better because you're past the origin stuff. Like this movie had that didn't have that problem. It got to skip all the origin stuff and still couldn't like just really deliver in the way I wanted it to, unfortunately. I'm hoping that they have Dennis Leary come back as Gwen Stacy's dad and just like, (laughs) and we we see ghost detective Stacy just staring him down the whole movie. That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. With the next movie happening right after like Avengers four also, it's going to have a whole lot more weight like attached to it too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Like bounce back from even more stuff. Yeah. We're living in a world that's post, Infinity War. Yeah, exactly. So now we have Peter Parker who's fought alien stuff, like dealing with college or something, you know? like It, it probably just means whatever villain in that movie grabs whatever scraps are left from the Infinity War. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> well, this those to fight Spider-Man. This movie yeah. only took two, two months, at, took place two months after Civil War. Yeah, that was neat. I like how they I like how they did that, how they fit it in there. Yeah. I, I just thought that that was interesting that it was only two months after because like most of these movies, except for the Guardian stuff, 
has been on a strict timeline, kind of within our timeline, actually. So, yeah, I did see a review which actually argued that the time in the a lot of the stuff in the new Spider-Man movie that takes place doesn't actually make sense with the MCU, and it's mainly to do with um, Iron Man doing the moving day and moving all his stuff from Avengers Tower to the new facility. Um, so I, I did see that, but I, I wanted to tell that person to shut up and that they're thinking about it too much, I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's the blue blob all over again. So just, just, I was just, just thinking of the blue blob. It's yeah, just let it slide. You so know, it, I've got a question about the new Avengers building. So Vision doesn't have doors or windows. Yeah. <laughs> is well, that what I got out of it? No, yeah, he just, does. It's just a room. He just doesn't use them. I thought that's what they were implying. Is like, well, he, you know, you're next to him, so just be on the lookout because he's gonna poke poke in. Yeah, he doesn't like using doors, or you know, he doesn't that, like using doors. Oh my! He shows that, up in the third sense. act of Spy Her. Was it? Was that movie <laughs> Spider Man? <laughs> Nice callback. <laughs> you missed that, Dan. Uh, what was that? Oh, no. You have to listen. You'll have to listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Vision, Vision just pokes his head through, like, walls in Spider-Man Bonecoming. Uh, that, that boy, you're oh, that God. Vision. <laughs> it's like it's like Frank's here. You've you've embodied Frank. You've summoned him into the room. <laughs> uh, no, that's what that's what Porno Vision's name should be. Is just Voyeur. <laughs> Voyeur. I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh Spider Man Two. I mean, I know it happens after the events of uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War, but who do we? I mean. You gotta have a Spider-Man villain. I mean, it's gonna, they're gonna have some callbacks because they definitely had a shit ton of callbacks to the MCU in this film. They'll have a bunch of callbacks, but like, who's gonna be the villain? And it's, is it gonna be Peter trying to, um, protect Queens? I mean, you know, I'm sure Queens has gone through a shit ton during the Infinity War and like, who's gonna be trying to take over Queens? In the meantime, is that is that what is that what we're looking at here? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know who the villain's going to be. You definitely want to do someone with notoriety, right? You don't want to do like a D level Spider Man villain. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. Are they going to like? It's it's the when are they going to go back to the Green Goblin? Well, I think I think post credit scene of the next movie. Okay. So yeah. in between, you need someone, huh? Yeah, it's hard saying as who it's going to be because obviously we've had like Matt Gargan introduced and stuff like that. But I think that's probably going to be quite a bit later on, you know, maybe like with the Sinister Six and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, we've only had, what, three of the villains. And I mean, did did Shocker make it out or did he die? I forget. Uh, he got webbed uh... up against the bus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we've got three at the moment. So, you know, we're looking at. At least one to two movies before, like the Sinister Six come in. I think Mysterio, so, yeah, Mysterio would be amazing in the next movie. Oh. I don't love Mysterio, but see, I want Mysterio not advertised. I want Mysterio as the mysterious surprise villain. Yeah, that would be amazing. I remember you saying that before, dude. It's like it's yeah. such a good idea. Like learning that it's Mysterio all along who's been fucking with Spider Man, like throughout, say, like half the movie. Then you get 
the reveal halfway through and that he's not even advertised and we don't know who the hell he is, that would be fantastic. Whether or not they could do that in this day and age, probably not, but, you know, it'll still be good. Oh, man, my movie-going experience would be so amazing if I could actually have things revealed to me these days. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that that did piss me off about this movie was the trailers, because, I mean, we said it on a previous show that I almost felt like I didn't need to see Spider-Man because I had essentially figured out basically everything just from watching the the two trailers that oh, I watched. Oh, bullshit. I didn't you didn't the... figure out how much you loved it, though, did you, Dan? No, I, no, I didn't figure no, that didn't out. figure that part out. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> the, you know, but, like, the, the, the plot is, is literally written out for you in the trailers, which that, that did suck. And, I mean, the only thing that surprised me plot-wise was that Vulture was Liz's dad. That's the only thing that I was like, oh, but everything else... We saw in the trailers, which is it's a big problem at the moment. They're just giving too much away. I mean, Brian, you said it yourself. You were just like, well, as soon as you see the, the Staten Island set piece and Iron Man speaks to Peter afterwards, and then we see clips of him like fighting. The, well, they didn't actually show the shocker, I don't think, in the trailer, but we see him fighting, getting slammed up against the bus and things like that. And then we even get to see the end fight where Vulture and him are fighting on the, on the beach. You know, we all figured out that he gets the, he gets the suit as a present from Tony. He gets to try it out. He fucks up. He gets the suit taken away from him. And then he has to go back to just using his powers and his own tech with the web, with the web singers and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, it was all, we figured it all out before the movie came out, which was, it's so stupid. So you don't need to put that much in traders to get people interested. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. He's back in the MCU. Come pay 12 bucks and see this shit. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah we guys went uh, to the bathroom during the uh, boat scene. Yeah, the second I saw that ferry, I was like, oh, this is a scene I could miss. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you literally, you saw, you literally saw everything except <clears> for, <throat> you know, the FBI guys turning up. And then we get that. That was, that was a cool reveal that, like, Peter's yelling was- at Tony. Yeah, Karen, can I just that, say? Uh, can I just say Tony was the biggest dick in this movie too? <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> no, the thing is, like with Tony in this movie, it's like I am honestly, I'm like at the beginning of the movie, I'm siding with Vulture. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you can understand where he would have this stance of like, "Fuck those rich people in right. their Iron Man suits." Right. Yeah, like, they like basically those guys. Like they're like, "Fuck your union." These are our jobs now. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was one of the reasons why I like Vulture so much because he, he actually has, he has some like credibility and he has like, a, he's a very kind of like gray character until he like kills that guy accidentally. And then, which was a, a weird point. He accidentally kills one of his henchmen. Yeah. And then, and then he's, then he's like a sociopath. But I also understand that, you know, <laughs> he's, he's just doing it. He's protecting like his family and his own interests and having him, just looking out for himself and having this cold kind of like ethos about, you know, they're the have nots and, and the, you know, Spider-Man and Vulture are the have nots. And then you've got everyone like Tony Stark and the Avengers that have everything. And it's okay when the Avengers go in and, and fucking commit crimes and screw everything up. But, you know, God forbid that some normal person would do it. So I re- and that little interaction they had in the warehouse, I thought was really like telling of the character and, and it sort of, it made him cemented as one of my favorite my favorite Marvel villains because of that scene. Wow, 
the Vulture is one of your favorite Marvel villains. Yeah, because he's like one of the only ones that actually has a fucking backstory. <laughs> uh, he's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll agree with you there. Like, like I'm trying to remember like that memorable Malekith moment. You know, yeah. it's like having a hard time. So, oh yeah. Real quick, I wanted to go back and just say what I was expecting for Spider-Man Two, like Spider-Man Prom, whatever they're gonna name the sequel <laughs> of this. Yeah. Uh, like, I was going to say Mysterio. Spider-Man really... bone throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's going to be Spider-Man the college years, isn't it? Oh, well, oh what... no. They're going to keep him in high school, at least another another movie. I really love J. Jonah Jameson. So I feel like setting up Matt Gargan, you got a really easy J. Jonah Jameson character, and they have a known like feud in the comics. So it would be great to set up peter getting a job i know we've seen it in other movies but do you think that's something they they don't want to tread on because uh the last one was so great yeah it's gonna be tough to beat it's gonna yeah. be really tough to beat it's hard to imagine doing spider-man and never doing the newspaper stuff because like this movie that's all i kept thinking was like you know when he wrecked the car or like the different things that, that would happen i was like look at this menace he just keeps breaking. He, he just destroyed a deli. He just- <laughs> that, here's here's what I need to cover this. Someone on Reddit posted. Someone on Reddit posted. What about Nick Offerman as J. Jonah Jameson? Oh, whoa! Yeah, that, that's great. I love and it. and I ever since I saw that, that's all I can think about. Like that's the Stop only her- replacement I can see in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I would wow. take it. That's fantastic. He, he would be great. <laughs> He's got the stash already, man. It's right. Really yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's really good. I mean, you. I mean, it, it's it's it's. Oh man, it's those are those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. very different kind of JJJ too that Nick Offerman would bring. Like he's not like going crazy off the handle like J.K. Simmons was. You right. Know? Yeah. No, but he would just be old enough to be out of touch with like what our yeah. main character is doing or whatever. More of a calm fury, but when he really let it go, it would really blow you away. I think he'd be great in that role. We guys noticed yeah. that they had Betty Brant in this movie. Yeah, she was. That's crazy too. She was basically younger or the same age as Peter Parker. Exactly. Yeah. Where she was like the the older, sexy woman in the comic books. Right. Right. Yeah. That was something that I loved as well. The, the fucking the the school's like news team <laughs> watching those clips. Like when yeah. the guy asked the girl, you know, it's, "It's Betty that he asked, isn't it?" That dude asked Betty like if she'll go to the the homecoming dance with him. And she's just like, "No." And then it zooms in on his face. He's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the, was like, the glitchy cut cuts with the green screen and See, stuff like I that thought, I don't know it was Brilliant. funny but there was so much of that it felt like they were just like pandering to like viral videos and like teenagers like this entire movie oh, I liked yeah. it. <laughs> Brian. No, hey, oh hey kids do you like fidget spinners do you like viral videos do you like snapchat come on down to spider-man homecoming you know it's like we got your jam yo and it's like it's like, yeah, man. I am an old man. You know? I got my Razor scooter and headed right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. I liked it. I thought it was good. Like I said before, the whole they, they had to they had to like tread that line between old fans and new fans. I I think they did it really well. And I I personally really enjoyed all the stuff at the school. I thought it was great. There you go. <laughs> yeah i mean it was a fun movie i had i had a fun time i was just expecting a little bit more meat yeah in my spider i had movie. fun too i did i i know we, we give it a taste and everybody thinks like like that's an awful rating but like i know it's it's not it's really not i did have i did have fun with this i've seen it twice now and um you know i did have fun with it but it's it's right there for me with ant-man it's just it's okay. It's it's an okay fun movie that I can, you know, it, it it's nothing like on the level like when I Tupperware a Marvel movie, it's got to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War, you know, uh, Winter Soldier, shit like that. Those Yeah, I think something working against this film is the fact that it is Spider-Man. This is a very well-known character. Yeah. And and so Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man, those movies were able to surprise us. We weren't expecting home runs from those characters, but I think we all sit down with a certain amount of childhood memories that we want to see, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. Spider-Man's more of a sacred cow than those characters, so it's we're a lot more. We're going to critique it a lot more. Oh man! Oh, the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, more gadgets, more, more, more. <laughs> I want to say spider umbrella. Spider skates, spider skates. I mean, come on! How many fucking gadgets has he got in that thing? He's like a Swiss Army knife. Jesus <laughs> he Christ! Five hundred. 522 different versions of his webbing. Oh, I know. Ridiculous. Do you know who did the voice for the, for Karen? Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, okay, right. From uh, Never Ending Story, <laughs> and she was also in uh, The Hulk, the Ang yeah. Lee film. Yeah, she's um, Paul Bettany's missus. I already beat you to that shit, too, Dan. Why don't you just shut the fuck up and take a back seat, you <laughs> son of a bitch? Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for going back to the first 20 minutes of the show, Dan. <laughs> I didn't hear them. I was asleep. I'm sorry. Dan, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I like how you brought it up. Also, I'm not going to bring up any more fucking trivia. Uh, no. Really clever trivia. Hey, hey, found hey, out hey Alex Trebek. Hey, Alex Trebek, what else you got on those fucking cards, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I am never taking show notes again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. Um, you know what? I, uh, a couple things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot to totally mention. Uh, these two things, uh, we did get, uh, the Tinkerer in this movie, another Spider-Man yeah. character, and, uh, they mentioned Thor's belt in this one, which, uh, it's an, it's an actual thing from the comics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I, it makes me wonder, are they actually, did they just do that as an Easter egg, or is Thor gonna be rocking that thing in Ragnarok? I think uh, of an Easter egg. I, that's what I chalked it up to. It's just one of those fun, like, throwaways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with gonna, that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to focus on it at all. Because I know that, it was, was it called? It's called Meganyord, isn't it? The belt. And um, it, like, amplifies his already amazing strength to, like, 
even more godlike levels, so it might be something that he could use against Thanos, maybe. But yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think they're ever going to mention it again. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it's probably just like an Easter egg. Yeah, but... Uh... Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, projected numbers, uh, they are thinking it's gonna, the three-day haul is gonna be between 125 million to 127 million, and that's the second biggest domestic opening of all time for Sony Pictures, and the second biggest opening weekend out of the six Spider-Man movies. Uh, right What's now- What's the uh, number one? Oh, it's the best Spider-Man movie Spider-Man of all Spider-Man 2. Of Number two. Oh, I, thought, I thought it was Spider-Man 3 that brought the biggest. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought so. Man. Oh, it might but be. I would have. I, I. I would. I was just assuming too. I don't know though. Huh? Yeah, I don't know either. That's why. Hey, I asked. hey, 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 Dan! You seem to know everything tonight. <laughs> Where, where's that? Where's this fucking fun fact on your cards? <laughs> Fuck's sake. I knew I shouldn't have come on. <laughs> I should have just come back to bed. <laughs> oh, we're happy. We are, we are happy to uh, torment you. So, uh, right now, on uh, last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, the, the movie was at a 93% for the critics and a 92% for the audience. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Um, And Spider-Man 2 is the only Spider-Man movie with a higher score at 94%. It was actually, I think a couple days ago, it was actually tied at 94%, and it did dip to 93%. Uh, Got a couple Spider-Man homecoming emails that I'd like to read, and then we'll wrap this shit up. First thing is, uh, first one comes from Finn Dietz Creek. Hey, Leftovers. Did somebody say hey back? I said yay. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Leftovers. It's been a little while since I've emailed. I was trying to only email if there was something important enough that you guys would actually like to hear about, and now there is. Spider-Man Homecoming was my most anticipated movie of the year, and I couldn't have been more excited. Wow. I mean, this is, uh, that's kind of a crazy statement, man. Guys, I don't know about you, but my most anticipated movie of the year is uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I'm in that same boat. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, I saw this movie Thursday night, and I was actually... Uh, mine, would be, mine would be the Emoji movie. Oh, Patrick Stewart is a pile <laughs> of shit. You got, oh, you got me. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, I saw this movie Thursday night, and I was actually blown away. I was shocked by how great this movie was. Not only did it live up to my enormous level of hype, but it exceeded it. After this film finished, I did something I've never done before. I stood up and cheered and yelled and hollered while the... What? What? What's going on? (laughs) Just funny, the idea of always positive Finn just jumping up right away at the end of this movie. (laughs) He he did the same thing at Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Whatever. He says, uh, I stood up and cheered and yelled and hollered while the rest of the theater was just quietly watching the start of the end credits. <laughs> I was and still am so incredibly excited by this movie. Spidey is my favorite character of all time, and I regard Spider-Man 2 as the greatest comic book movie ever. So this had a lot to live up to if I wanted it to pass it. I will have to see it at least 11 more times before I can make that call. But man, this was this movie was good. It is by far my favorite MC movie yet, MCU movie film yet. 
I know I've had some shady opinions in the past. Trans- <laughs> Transformers 4, Fantastic Four, and you can call this shiny new toy all you want, but this film moved me. Uh, I like this leaps and bounds over Civil War, which held the number one spot previous and most <laughs> other comic book movies. I loved this movie. I hope you guys like it as much as I did. Your scrawniest. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Your scrawniest throwable J-loving listener, Finn. So that comes from Finn Dids Creek. Well, at least he's got Dan to comfort him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, is this your favorite Marvel? It's the newest Marvel movie, so why am I even asking? It, it, it is your favorite Marvel movie of all time. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jake, Jake, what's going to be his next favorite Marvel movie in November? Uh, oh, I know. I know what it's going to be. Thor Ragnarok. Oh, but come February 2018, there's a new kid on the block, Black He doesn't want to get beat up by us, so he lied. <laughs> I didn't lie. I did it on the, Guard- the Guardians episode as well. Guardians 1 is still my favorite, and it's Civil War. Uh, Dan, Dan um, you're wearing Spider-Man underoos right now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm entitled to my opinion. Fuck you. <laughs> you are entitled to your opinion. And honestly, our listeners probably respect your opinion a lot more because you gave the movie a Tupperware, and it seems like 92% of the people out there love this movie. Yeah, we're the assholes. Yeah, we really are. You guys are wrong, but everyone else disagrees with you. So, no, uh, no, 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 you know. no, no, no. Whatever <laughs> – hey, whatever movie experience you had going into Spider-Man, I wish I had it because I love Spider-Man. I love Marvel movies. It, this just didn't do it for me like – Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, like Civil War did, you know? Age of Ultron. A- oh, fuck Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man 3. I just want to see if I can sneak that in there. No. You almost got me. <laughs> Next email yeah, come. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, you know, I called for Finn's opinion earlier, and it's really cool that we got an email from him. So it. It seems to it does seem to speak to a lot of the the younger viewers as well because it does have all it's so far removed from the you know the Spider Man kind of high school experience yeah. that that we grew up with so right. it's interesting to hear his opinion and that he enjoyed it so much coming from someone at you know was Finn now seventeen something like that seventeen yeah I think so yeah so you know he's he's literally only a couple of years older than Peter is in the movie so getting getting his uh his opinion is, is pretty important so yeah thank you finn for that email yeah and i enjoyed it too so there you go <laughs> no it's good to get opinions from teenagers and then guys who creep around high school so that's cool <laughs> uh, yeah we pretty much have yeah we got everything covered <laughs> yeah <got> it covered. <laughs> yeah uh yeah uh, next email uh last email actually comes from to to suge he says, hey, Leftovers, after seeing Spider-Man Homecoming, I wanted to ask you about the concept of the guy in the chair that was discussed in the movie by Ned. The movie pokes fun at the trend of having superheroes have some super smart person with dozens of computer monitors guiding the hero through their adventures. We've seen this happen in a few comic 
adaptations such as The Flash and Arrow. The interesting thing is that in the comics, both Flash and Green Arrow didn't have that sort of support from any guy in the chair. In my opinion, this trend isn't beneficial to a character's development. In both Arrow and Flash, it seems like the protagonists wouldn't be able to tie their own shoes if Cisco, Caitlin Wells, or uh, uh, Felicity wasn't in their ear telling them what to do. Barry is a scientist. Why does he need a gaggle of other scientists? Is that what scientists are when they're together? Are they like uh, the same as yeah. geese? A gaggle of scientists? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I always thought it was a murder of scientists. <laughs> I, I always thought it was a herd of scientists. Yeah, I call but... them a herd. Yeah, you know, because uh, you normally use dogs to round them up. So. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> Mears, no. I think <laughs> I think you got it right. You always use dogs yeah, to round up the scientists. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, oh, man. I never – okay, so uh. a pack of dogs – her, okay, I get it now. Thank you, Mears. All right. I'm here to help. Yeah, you are. Quite the helper. Fucking Dan with the facts earlier didn't come out with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that on your cards, Dan? Um, he says, uh, why does he need a gaggle of other scientists telling him how to science his way out of things week to week? The only time I feel that this worked on a regular basis was Batman Beyond, as I think it made more sense to have Bruce take a hands-on approach with Terry. Spider-Man Homecoming ends up temporarily having Ned in that role as well, but it was so short-lived and that haphazard that I feel that it was poking fun at the concept more than anything else. I would love to know your thoughts on this concept. Is it more positive than negative? Is it happening too often? Best to Suge. To Suge, I'm going to start off with my thoughts on this. I do think it's happening a lot in the CW shows, and it's even happening in Supergirl. You mentioned Arrow and Flash, but in Supergirl, it's happening between uh, Wynn and um, the Jimmy Olsen character, uh, him him as Guardian. You've got Wynn being the guy in the chair. So I think it's happening too much in CW, and I think it's kind of like an easy way for them to write for these characters that they don't know what to do with. So what do you guys think? I, I feel I, for this guy. I feel all at once. Everybody all at once. I want to hear a <laughs> gaggle of opinions. I'm sorry, Ryan. A herd of opinions. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I feel for this guy just because uh, he was like watching this movie. And in the middle of it, he had a conniption fit about the Flash. Like That's all he could think of. These <laughs> 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 motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing this shit again, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just lost it. He's like, "Fuck you, Wells. <laughs> Fuck you." Everybody else is so confused. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one in the theater who sees it. Clearly. Oh man. Oh, yeah, this this didn't bother me. I thought they did a good job of. Um, obviously, they acknowledged that it was a trope within the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that made it kind of work. And I, I thought it was one of the funnier bits in the movie. Oh, I yeah, loved it when uh, when Peter used it against him when he wouldn't uh, unlock the suit. And he's like, you're my guy in the chair. And he's like, don't do that to me. Cause he want- <laughs> and I thought that was pretty hilarious. So, I, yeah, I think they, they were just kind of poking fun at it. Well, yeah, exactly. the big thing is like Batman, one of the longest term like superhero, you know, concepts has always had Alfred in that role. So, you know, it's. It's tried and true. I don't feel I yeah, 
TV shows lean on it maybe a little too hard. Yeah. Uh, to kind of like, because in a comic book, you just have word bubbles all over the place. Thoughts happen, you know, but in order for a TV to kind of spell that stuff out, you kind of need that role there. Dan, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, I understand where he's coming from as far as TV goes, but like you were saying, Brian, I think it was used really well in in Spider Man. Um, and again, I got a I got a, a really good giggle out of seeing Ned spinning around in his chair with his arms in the air, just going "Guy in the chair." Like that. <laughs> I thought that was awesome, and he was he was good at it, but he was also a bit crap because you know he was ringing Happy, and Happy would just hang up on him, so he wasn't he wasn't the best guy in the chair. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do agree. It is it, it's like a crutch for. Um, uh, for TV shows at the moment, so yeah. it's uh, it, it's yeah, yeah. But it's this, this, this was a playful way to do it, guys. D- yeah. I, if one thing I do want to see in future movies is I do want to see more Peter Parker and Happy Hogan. I, I thought that was fun. Oh yeah, because Happy doesn't. Yeah, the, just the way Happy treats him was perfect. Do you think in the in another film, if Happy Hogan returns, do you think Happy's going to be a lot more respectful to Peter, or do you think it's going to go back to like this? Relationship? Oh, I think it'll go back to the yeah, I kind of like oh jeez, this over eager kid again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Back to the resentful attitude of having to watch over him again. I did get a kick out of the relationship between him and Happy. I did like it, so, yeah. Yeah, it was good. All right, guys, that's all I got for us this episode. Uh, we have pretty much covered Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ryan Mears uh, for joining us this episode. Ryan, if people want more Ryan Mears, where can they, where can they listen to you? Uh, first, I recommend checking out comicslobs.com. That's, uh, you know, the what, the uh, podcast I do all about comics. Uh, we'll be, you know, dropping our Spider-Man Homecoming episode this coming Friday. Um, but if you want to hear more of me arguing with Jake on things like professional wrestling, you can find us over at Wrestling Jabronis. Ryan, yes. I, uh, I listened to uh, Dungeon Slobs today. Oh, what what did you think? Yeah, we we played Dungeons and Dragons on a recent episode. What did you think of that? Dungeon Slobs is one of my favorite. It's like an event for me because I yeah. love it because like this was the fifth installment, and mm-hmm. I was like looking at it and I was like, oh, it's only two hours. I missed the three hour episodes, but oh well. But it was, we had to get the Spider Man Homecoming. I we, know we had tickets, but it was two hours of it was so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> Steve. Oh my god. His whole, oh god, you gotta listen to Dungeon Slobs. It's fucking great. Steve knocking the fucking iPhone 7 out of your hand and breaking it just fucking killed me. I was oh my god. dying. That happens? That, that happened to my Dungeons and Dragons character. Of Seaman. I was uh, dying. Oh, it's so funny. So, yeah, I love Dungeon Slobs. I love Comic Slobs. I listen every week. So definitely give it a listen, everybody. So And and listen to Wrestling Jabronis if wrestling is your thing, I guess. <laughs> Big <laughs> yeah, Lots of talk about balls these last few weeks. No, like every time we take a break on this fucking episode, I come back to these assholes talking about fucking uh, Roman Reigns or uh, fucking ramen noodles or whatever the fuck you're talking about. I don't know. It's ridiculous. These they can't stop and they, they can't stop yapping about fucking wrestling every free fucking moment. That's why that's why we started the podcast. I know it's ridiculous. We need an outlet. Well get it out on that on that podcast. Talk about something else during our intermissions. 
Jesus. You go away. If you stayed here, we wouldn't talk about you know, it. Get Dan caught up. Get Dan caught up on me talking about Jennifer Connelly already being discussed <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> Do something productive. Stop talking about fucking uh, King Kong Bundy and all this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nice pull. Yeah, that's, that's a deep cut. Oh, man. Ah, Jesus. Yeah, I'm the heel on PCL anyway. Hey, Dan, 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 where can people get more uh, Dan West? Uh, They can get more of me when I'm fucking awake on um, (laughs) PCL. Um, And I also do a show uh, called Igataku's Pub Stomper Podcast with my friend Johnny, who lives in Tokyo. And it is a podcast about pop culture and Japan in Japan. And that is uh, E-I-G-O-T-A-K-U, apostrophe S, if you don't know how to spell it. There you go. Now you nailed it. (laughs) I've been practicing. (laughs) All right. That's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Uh, Two taste-its, high taste-it, and a Tupperware. This is like the (laughs) ran the gamut of uh, fucking ratings this episode. No toss-its, though. Someone huh? just tossed like a bowl off the that, table. No, that was me. I I knocked a bottle down. So. I thought Michelle showed up again. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle's doing some dishes, right, Jake? Yeah, there's some dirty stuff in here. Get in here, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't do it that during our Wonder Woman episode. <laughs> We're not recording still, are we? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I know you feel empowered after that Wonder Woman. Why don't you empower your ass over here and do some fucking dishes? <laughs> yeah, put Why some. Have to talk about suplexes and stuff. Put some mustard on it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, some elbow <laughs> grease. All right, all right, Princess Diana. <laughs> oh man! All right, shit. So only one more big comic book movie left, right? It, it can't be the it can't be the worst like this one. So we got uh, we got no, we got we got Thor Ragnarok and we got Justice League. Oh yeah, I thought. <laughs> Justice League, it's gonna save Spider-Man from being keep... the worst comic book movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I keep thinking Justice League isn't this year? Do, is that me? Like it's November, man. It? Isn't it I November? So. Is it like same month as Ragnarok? Uh, yeah, it is, it is. That's gonna be fun. Wow. Oh man, you're gonna love that movie, aren't you, Jake? Justice League? Yeah, because it's going to be such a fucking train wreck. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, God, it's going to be Transformers all over again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow, it's going to be so great. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing some more uh, Wonder Woman, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that part will be cool. Hopefully Zack Snyder Snyder doesn't ruin that. Or Joss Whedon. We can't tell now. I'm still blaming Zack Snyder. You're not off the hook, Zack Snyder. (laughs) Joss Snyder, Zack Whedon. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, recipe for a movie. And all, next all week, Zach, all Zacks are on watch. Hey, Jake, did you watch Baby Driver? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, I will talk about it. Yeah, you need something for good pop, bad pop, other than your fucking daytime bullshit fucking game shows. I have, I have two new game shows as well. Oh, fuck my life. 
Uh, no, um, and then uh, War for the Planet of the Apes comes out next weekend. Woo! Oh shit! So going to war, that, going to war with Woody Harrelson, and then the week after, the week after, what? Uh, what's the movies? Uh, the tw- we got Valerian coming out. Oh yes, Valerian coming. Valerian's coming out, and there's another big film coming out on the twenty first. Ah, what is it? I'm a, drawing a blank. Two big films. There's Valerian and something else. I can't remember the other film. But both Captain of them. Underpants? Huh? No, that came out already, Dan. Oh, okay. It's not here. Yeah. You missed. You were asleep when we reviewed that episode. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, no. Let me check. Let me check. Yeah, we're wasting your time. If you don't, it, let's stop. Let's just hit stop if you don't want to hear this. It's yeah, nearly it's- over. Yeah, we already did all the fun stuff. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. I want to see what's I want to see what's coming out on the twenty first. So we got oh Dunkirk, Dunkirk. Oh Dunkirk. Oh yeah. So we got. Great. I'm gonna have fucking anxiety. That'll be the that'll be the movie that kills me, dude. I'm hearing <laughs> I'm hearing good things about Valerian too. Oh, that's exciting. I think the trailer looks good. The trailer looks amazing. So there we go. And I love I you know like like Luke was it Luke is it Luke Besson? Is that the yeah, dude's that's name? Correct. I, I love the professional, but I'm not a fan of Fifth Element, so it, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, Lucy was kind of eh, too. Oh, pfft, Lucy. It, I, <laughs> I think at the time I gave it a taste it, but it's honestly, like, at this point, I got I to gotta retro toss it because I've never felt the need to go back and see it. Retro toss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just All like right. Dan will be doing to Spider-Man in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Not even three years. It's as soon as Black Panther hits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thor man. will come out and it'll be a taste it. Oh, man. And then Black Panther will come out and it'll be a toss it. He's like, this toy isn't so shiny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, Ryan, thank you guys so much for making this such an epic episode. Way more epic than the actual film Spider-Man Homecoming. So thank you. <laughs> still shitting on it. Jeez, look at him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm just yeah, exci- a- I'm just excited for the emoji movie. I'm doing my best Patrick Stewart right now. I, I thought go. this episode had way more stakes than Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, I thought at any moment this could be our last episode. That twist where Dan showed up. I couldn't <laughs> I was like, yeah, everything was going so good. And then Dan was here. Oh, my God. When Dan turned into the vulture and started, like, reusing shit that I had already talked about at the beginning of the episode... That was a very villainous move indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Probably like just cursed at their iPods right then. Hey hey guys, did you know Jennifer? Yeah, Dan, shut the fuck up. We know. (laughs) It's so fucking sad. Like everything in my house was set up to go. I've got like five fucking beers on chill in my fridge ready to go and everything was set up. I know you alluded to the fact you did notes. Oh uh, yeah, no, I did two notes as well. It's like I fucking like woke up and I was like, I haven't woken up to my alarm. I like fucking checked my phone. I was like, oh my god, it's half past five. <laughs> oh god, you know me. I'm normally up till like hey. six in the morning when yeah. I when I do show with you guys. I'm yeah, just, I just fucking was exhausted. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. Better late than never, man. We're happy to have you on. So don't sweat yeah. it. Thank- up with my shit. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you were going to Tupperware it too. On yeah, the break we, we, yeah. 
No, I didn't disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just like you're just like the rest of the herd, right, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think for myself. <laughs> All right, get the dogs, round them up. <laughs> Uh, gaggles of scientists. All right, guys, we will see you back next week. We're going to have a regular episode, but we will be probably reviewing uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, probably at the end, I would imagine. But uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. It let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, only talent, it's the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.